0: Hi, just before we get started today, uh, we have a sensitive content warning, really, for the first time ever. Uh, we do discuss the death of an infant, and uh, although it gets brought up in passing, in other places, it gets brought up in in some detail for about a three-minute section. So if you want to take a look at the notes, if that's something you want to avoid, we have put the timestamp for this down in the notes. And we've padded with five seconds of silence on each side, so you shouldn't stumble into it if you're scrubbing with your podcast or catcher of choice. So I just wanted to make that aware uh, for you if that's going to be something that will disturb you. So uh, with that in mind, um, thanks very much, and we'll get on with the review.
1: Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career, choose a family, choose a fucking big television, choose washing machines, cars, compact disc players, and electrical tin openers. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I chose not to choose life. I chose something else.
2: And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got a head on? Yes.
0: And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian, and I'm Liam, and I'm Ellie, and that's really it for the first part. Georgia will join us like Begbie, knocking on the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where where the knock will come, and we'll know exactly who it is. Absolutely, in a little bit. And welcome. Hopefully,
3: to- we won't be going. Oh, no. Yes.
0: And welcome to, welcome to episode 55 on Train Spotting. Again, wow. another weird one because we've already recorded episode 56. Yep. <laughs> As you do. Sometimes it's how it goes. Sometimes it is how it goes. Uh really quickly, let's just uh get through a few things. Uh first things first, charts. We like to talk about charts a little bit. Oh yeah. We chart here at home in Britain, in Canada. Yeah. Canada where we were top fifty. Uh we were number fifty seven in Switzerland, cool. number thirty nine in Denmark, number seventeen in India, number thirteen in Saudi Arabia and number 2 in Nigeria. Wow. Wonderful. That's that's quite. So it still blows my so mind. So many of these places I just would not expect us to no. find an audience. And so it speaks to you. the yeah. it speaks to the power of the internet of it podcasts as 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 a, as a, as a uh, medium of Twitter as a way to sort of interact with people. All these things. So if you're out there, whether you're from somewhere we would expect, Canada, Great Britain, the United States, or whether you're from somewhere else, anywhere else in the world, thank you so much for pushing that download button. Uh, Do a couple of quick promos. Uh, First things first, this is the Tuesday. So yesterday we would have dropped on our Talking the Mickey feed, we would have dropped Wanda Revision Episode 7, which features one of our biggest arguments yet i think mm-hmm. i think absolutely one of our biggest arguments yet yeah mm-hmm. what is true love yeah just leave that there as a, as a tease you want to find out who was against true love and who was in favor of true love <laughs> or what we define as true love you might be surprised Deep question and head over to the disney feed for that absolutely. um also on that note we're doing tangled it'll be out at some point probably thursday or friday this week uh also on friday this week though uh ellie you and i did a little uh cleared for takeoff on Grey's anatomy we didn't eat. So that's. I'm now committing to it. <laughs> so I better I have it edited for Friday.
3: <laughs> and our then first drama cleared for takeoff.
0: Our first drama cleared for takeoff, and I enjoyed. going... You know what's weird? I went back and, and started watching like season nine afterwards. Oh, and it was like a mirror of season one.
4: So, <laughs> so like,
0: like the same conversations were happening with different characters doing different parts of that. So it was like, here comes yeah. It was it was it was wild. So um cleared for takeoff. Go check it out. Grey's Anatomy. It was a fun little show. It's still on the air, but Jeez, I can't, I don't know if he's watched it recently. Um, but definitely worth a shout. And you'll find out if Ellie decided whether it should be grounded or whether it should be cleared for takeoff. And then finally, uh, later tonight, we are getting together with the production team of a documentary called After 82. Yeah. Because this is LGBT plus history month. And, uh, After 82 is a lovely, um, documentary, uh, that you can find. You can find on Amazon Prime, at least here in the UK, you can, as, as a, as, as a free watch. Uh, if you if you Google it, it's available in a lot of places for not much money a- at all. And we have uh we, we we're going to actually have a conversation with the with a couple of the production team, uh, the two directors, and two of the subjects of a documentary later tonight. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, me yeah. Too. a little really bit exciting. nervous about it. Yeah, same. Because <laughs> this is this is cool. It is. This but- is. Yeah. These are people who made a
3: movie. Well, we've, I know, right? Obviously, we've, we've had guests on our podcast before, but it's it's really interesting to actually have watched something and have people that have been on our screens that are then coming onto our podcast to oh, chat to
0: us. yeah. Like, it's yeah. really cool. I, I can't just throw some big words around on this one. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I have done so many notes, so, so many notes. So I think I'm ready, but yeah. that'll be dropping at some point in the week. Uh, LGBT History Month ends uh on the 28th obviously which is a week today today's 21st that we're recording this so i've got a week to sort of get this thing out so i think i would expect on the weekend either saturday or sunday i would expect to see that drop but Mm -hmm. definitely the push is to get it out before the month is over and i think i save this now to give people a chance go and watch it. it's an hour and a half it's a it's it's a fantastic story a very a very sympathetic heart-wrenching personal story about the um, AIDS pandemic in the early to mid 80s mm-hmm. uh, and what it did to a generation of gay men. Yeah. Really. And, and the, how it still
2: affects them, how it still
0: affects them today. Oh, yeah. And the ways in which you mourn those who you've lost and how the survivors find purpose. It's, 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 it's a beautiful kind of emotional human film. Yeah. And so we're looking forward to talking about that. And so there's our. Um, it, 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 you can't, i can't just be the sort of guy who comes out with the puns on this one like no. it's it, it, this, this is a film there's <laughs> a film and we're talking people who have they're not fictional characters they've got stakes in what's a very powerful story mm-hmm. and so we're excited to be able to talk to them later tonight and have it come out to people in a few days so please do yourself a favor go watch this especially if you have access to amazon prime it's right there take 90 minutes i think it might even just put your own life in perspective just a little bit yeah Yeah. So uh, let's get back to the silly puns and all that stuff, (laughs) shall we? Uh, We have some reflections and corrections, and we have never done this before, Liam. This is a reflection and correction for a product we have not yet put on the air. So.
4: There's a mistake.
0: So what this is, in, in English, we talk about something called dramatic irony. Uh-huh. And what that means when the audience knows more than the characters in the program. <laughs> and so, on episode 56, which is not yet to be released, <laughs> we talked about Danica McKellar. We did And you said Isn't she the one From the Wonder Years And I went no Yeah Yeah it's totally The girl from the Wonder ah. Years <laughs> <Come>
4: <laughs> so, so if you
0: listen To episode 56 folks You will hear me Being very wrong In real time You can like Take enjoyment In the fact <laughs> I'm like Mr. Burling and the inspector calls I'm saying This is uh, This is hogwash And uh, no it, it was very much the truth You know
2: when something In the back of your mind Sort of triggers something And that's what it was And I was, yeah. I was just like I weren't home But you know
0: um, We had lots of talk About the uh, Just from some reflections Lots of people Got in to talk to us About the flashing scene in Ten things I hate about you and how that and I think most people are going, Yeah. People who grew up with it like we did, going yeah. I felt differently this time. Yeah, so I strange, think so. Yeah. Um my so-called pop culture life podcast just said, I love ten things but hated that we didn't review serendipity. Well you gotta it uh, gotta get the votes. It was my favorite serendipity. It's like Thomas Jefferson said in in Hamilton, you don't have the votes. And if you don't have it, you can't we can't do it. I threw it in the hat. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, it goes down in the PM. we will talk about our Wally episode and said the fire scene with Wally gave me allegory of the cave vibes and laughed a lot at my uh, seed joke, where he puts his seed in her and she <laughs> yes. instantly gets the pregnancy test back. So yes, yeah. definitely go but check out our Wally episode. And Absolutely. on a side note, we had a debate last week about go on. we did about ten things I hate about you mm-hmm. or clueless we did so i threw it out there to the masses you, yeah and we had a fair number of like this is our most successful vote yet oh really besides the one that like ethan like ruined by <laughs> like you know like, <laughs> like a by just like hashtagging it and throwing it out to like and one fandom group just hijacked it this wasn't that case so it came down to the wire and really? in a vote of 53.7 to 46.3% wow 53.7 46.3 like really yeah. close the winner is Clueless.
2: I can tell by the smile on Yo! your face. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> at first, 10 things came out to a lead. Oh, and then gosh. Clueless went like 80-20 ahead. Wow. And then it kept, it kept I think at the poll go, it went another like three days, yeah. I'm not sure if 10 things doesn't catch it. Wow. But just, an, but it shows you, those are really the two kind of, it's interesting. You're either, I think you're either team clueless or team 10 things, and, and people were passionate. People were insulting each other. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and you have clueless and on 10 things. There, it, it was 10 things I hated about that movie. Not really, <laughs> not really. <laughs> But yeah. It just
3: goes to show, though, that they're on a very similar kind of playing field and both very much loved films. It also it? goes yeah. to show
0: that by just asking the question last week, I feel a bit validated for me going, so which one is it? Because I'm like, you know, if it had been like 90, 10, I go, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't ask the question. Yeah. But the fact that it was so close goes, it really is like flip a coin and yes. you can find a random person. And probably it's going to go one way or the other. I mean, yes. it, was, it was like Brexit close that Let's get out of this. Shall we? <laughs> um, so um, that's what the UK said. That's what the UK said. So let's do our shout outs. Uh, let's talk about this. Our Australian friends said BFE have all fully embraced the idiocy of our show. And we are so grateful to have friends like these. Remember, this offer stands for anyone. I think it means out of us who yes. wants to come on the show to DM <laughs> them. So great. Oh, nice. I exchanged some messages with Debbie because it feels like the Six Nations tournament is always on. <laughs> Like, what is the Six Nations not being played? Debbie disagreed, but Dwayne Smith agreed Friendship! that's right <laughs> uh georgia will be joining us like i said in progress so we'll see how on the that, georgia stand standing? <laughs> yeah excellent so on that note uh, it goes down in the p.m uh, i just want to thank for every kindness because she reminds us to uh, recommends us to everybody uh, including she was very passionate to Listen to Shit's creek 10 things ahead about you she's working backwards and oh, I'm, okay. I'm getting these messages from her about random episodes and i'm like i i <laughs> i believe you that i guess we said this i don't know uh ethan says he feels like he's being bullied for his key Ethan, you're being bullied for many reasons besides your kiwiness. I just Uh, want to let you know that. We love
3: you, Ethan. Some of us do.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, Russell's very excited for train spotting, so that's good because we're doing train spotting. Paul and Griff said uh, that they once did a list about 10 things I hate about Moulin Rouge, but struggled (laughs) to whittle it down to just 10 points. And then we got into a really hardcore debate uh, about what's the better film, Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody. And Liam, you and I have had this conversation off off mic. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and you said you prefer Rocket Man. I do, yeah. and I'm like Bohemian Rhapsody, so so the better movie. No, so the no. better movie. Again, we, we disagree. Ellie, had a curious. I've not
3: seen I've not seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but it is on my list of things to watch. So I'll have to let you know.
0: To be continued. I like the surrealness. Maybe I'll throw now. that up as a poll for the net, even though we haven't reviewed either film. Maybe no. I'll just go, which one's the better film? Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody? I really feel strongly. I feel strongly, too. Yeah, well... <laughs> no, you know, I'm just saying. Mine's just got, you know, Academy Award winner for Best Actor. Thumb War? <laughs> Oh, I need to. I'm right. <laughs> uh, how not to summon a podcast by our friend Lestat. Um, listed us as one of the podcasts that helped them realize they wanted to start a podcast. Oh, Hopefully one. not because he thought he could do better than us. <laughs> no, nah, we, we really we, recommend we, we it, support him if, if you're into anime, that's absolutely something you should go check absolutely. out. Absolutely. Uh, we had our first walk and talk. Someone videoed them, like giving us a, like, a review as they walked down the street. That's cool. It was by a user called uh, Drop Dead Fred. Who didn't drop dead as he was walking? I appreciated that. So that's good. Uh, Carla was surprised with how we look, especially Liam. I don't know what they imagined you looked like. Maybe we can get some clarification on that. Yeah, please, send a
2: picture Uh, of what you think I look like.
0: Alex from Main Street Finance said when he went for his guest spot, he gave himself a 30% chance that I was actually Seth MacFarlane. So he can now definitely agree that Ian wasn't what he imagined. Uh, Carlo made a meme. We did tweet it out, where it's Brian from Family Guy, and it just goes, and welcome, 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 (laughs) Which definitely made the rounds here. Brilliant. Uh, Ethan confirmed that is how I actually look. Uh, You Gotta See This says, I believe this to be accurate. You do have a silky smooth voice, Ian. Oh, you say so, do you? Welcome to late night. Welcome to best film ever. <laughs> uh, Potato Lady. This is po- Not
3: just any podcast. This is not. Uh, I have this is a transatlantic podcast.
0: That's right. Your f- new favorite. Uh, we're we're all we're all getting into the sexy sexy voice. Yeah. I don't think we're that kind of podcast. <laughs> on that note, I have a note about what kind of podcast we are. But from Potato Lady Pod Reviews, who reviewed our episode on ten things I hate about you, said this in a roundtable so cool. format, the four hosts of the podcast meticulously discuss some beloved films. Just don't go into it thinking. Your most beloved film will be their most beloved film. Hosts Ian, Georgia, Liam, and Ellie have varying opinions, which is half the fun. The show starts with an intro which consists of sound bites uh, relevant to that topic, and then moves on to several clearly denoted segments. They provide background tidbits, fun facts, casting notes, and quotes from the cast and crew. Then they discuss the film story beat by story beat with Ian acting as a kind of moderator. So there isn't too much overlap. Finally, they have fun segments like the age game where they guess try to guess the actor's real ages at the time of filming. There's even more stuff, but Twitter has a character limit. You just have to find out. Maybe you'll listen and say, wow, best podcast ever rating five out of five best potatoes ever. Hey, thank you. That's fantastic
3: um it's great cartoony drawing as well which we did tweet
0: out there our, as well so yeah. yeah based
3: around our 10 things i hate about you episode that was yeah. beautiful
0: it was it was fantastic actually and she's closed for reviews but once she's open i recommend get your get your name in there she does a very thorough job which you appreciate we've done uh, yeah, things we do. like musical theater and other such elements and uh you hate it when you go and there's be a critic in like, yes it's a critic and then they don't do anything no, they just And write. it's just like they just list the names. So and then narrate the story. This is someone who clearly <laughs> listened to them and we do a king sized format, you know what I mean? Of a yeah, review. Yeah. Like we don't like our <laughs> It is king size, without question, yeah. and so um, king size. I've, I've gone beyond deep dive. We do a king size deep dive, <laughs> and we go into the abyss. Into the abyss. oh Jeez, <laughs> we go down the toilet, <laughs> and we find what Don't we're looking for me. in there. And, and so, Train spawn exactly. And so, <gasps> um, it's nice when someone takes the time to really thoroughly listen to it, as uh, Potato Lady did, and then Dwayne Smith one more time. Dwayne Smith said, "I will hardly agree with every word. This team all works so hard." and it shows my favorite podcast best podcast ever uh cheers bro. so that <laughs> this ends the part where we're just bragging about what people said about us yeah. <laughs> But it, it means a lot it means a lot it i mean this is this is, this is this is this can be a lot of work and it's a lot of fun as well but it's helped when we get these sort of you know shots I, in the arm i say all the time i never thought anybody would listen yeah, please stop trying to convince them to stop. Oh, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> no, it's just nice. It surprised me.
0: All right. So let's move on. 15-minute mark. I'm yeah, pretty happy with that. Let's move on. Uh, Transpoting is the film of the day. Uh, who's seen it? I've seen it. You've yep. seen it. Before this, Ellie, you haven't seen this. No. And Georgia hadn't seen this. And uh, I, I'll, I'll put a little thing at the start, but I'll put it here again. Uh, there is a trigger warning I'm going to put in place here. Yeah. We do have some sensitive materials about uh, infanticide. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, and and i'll I'll sort of try and give you a little bit of a maybe we'll put in the show notes i think i will try and put in the show notes so look at the show notes i'll let you know when we're discussing that element and you can sort of skip over that if that's what you need to it's the only time i've ever felt the need to do it but i think it is Mm -hmm. it is something that's worth talking about but i don't think it disqualifies the film from being discussed no so um how long has it been since you've seen it liam 12
2: 13 years
0: longer for me really i think it's been i think it's been 20 years i do do you know, there's
2: a lot I remember and a lot I forgot.
0: There's one big moment I forgot. Yeah. I really enjoyed it when it came back <laughs> around. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, just the idea of why was this one chosen? Well, I can answer this because yeah. I, I scheduled this. You did. The Davis releases is the exact 25-year anniversary of the original release in the UK of Trainspotting. Nice i know right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm pretty good at this soul (laughs) you are what's the what's the film to discuss this week It's this and it's it's interesting timing this has been discussed among many things as the this is the british pulp fiction yes which in the sense are both edgy movies that have a lot of i mean i think this is a lot grittier than Pulp fiction is Oh, so much and the camera angles on this is amazing But the the cinematography cinematography just in general yeah beautiful so um I almost said Pulp Fiction there. A Trainspotting, <laughs> directed by Danny Boyle, who, of course, amongst other things, has done Shallow Grave, Yesterday, and Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, the cinematography was by Brian Tefano, who, amongst other things, has done Shallow Grave, and Billy Elliot. Well, and, shout uh, out to him, because it was amazing. And the music by Rick Smith, who did ter- uh, oh, Terminator 2, Spotting, 2, and the 2012 London Opening Ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's so a good one. It ties him well. Uh, so basically, this was already a book by a guy called Irvine Welsh. And um, producer Andrew McDonald read this book on a plane in December 93 and felt it could be made into a film and then sort of got uh, Danny Boyle and screenwriter John Hodge into it about three months later. And Boyle thought this could be the most energetic film you've ever seen. Um, And so the screenwriter Hodge read it and made it his goal to produce a screenplay which could seem to have a beginning, middle and end and would last 90 minutes and convey some of the spirit and the content of the book. Some of the spirit and the content of the book.
2: I'll tell you something. The energy in this film is he's there's, like, a, there's a lot of energy. In there's this. a lot, and it's
0: driven by music. So Boyle convinced the irvin Welsh, the guy who wrote the book, to let him option the rights to the to the book into a film. But i remember a letter that said that Hodge and McDonald were the two most important Scotsmen since Kenny Dalglish and uh, Alex Ferguson. Dalglish <laughs> uh, is that, that, that a, a striker in in football. Pass. Kenny um, Dalglish, um, I'm sure he's a footballer. I know, I know he was a footballer. Yeah. And of course, Alex Ferguson, I think he, he, was, was, with Man- he was with Man-, Man U for a couple of years, wasn't he? A couple. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Just a few. Uh,
0: yeah. As an Arsenal fan, I very much knew who Alex Ferguson was. <laughs> I, think, um, I think
2: he was a founder member. <laughs> That's how long he was there. <laughs> he was in
0: a, Scot- a Scottish club for a while before that. I don't know if it was Aberdeen or where he was, but yeah. Um, so this is where someone gets a chance to reach out and let me know how wrong I am, and I can use that for next week's corrections and reflections. I think he
2: used to do a chewing gum ad
0: did he <laughs> no uh, he should have done that uh in october 94 um the, the hodge boyle Dawson a lot of time discussing which chapters of the book they would use and which ones they would not use for the film uh, they secured financing from channel four which if you're not from the uk it's a british television station known for funding independent films including slumdog millionaire and so grave And Shallow Grave, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Many of the book's characters were dropped so we could bring it down to an adequate length. uh, And Danny Boyle had his actors prepare by making them watch other films uh, about rebellious youths like Clockwork Orange.
2: A lot of people go back to Clockwork Orange.
0: It's a good fit for this yeah good fit for this the idea like sort of gang antisocial mentality mm. and creating your own culture i think so yeah uh transpotting was shot over seven weeks on a budget of just one and a half million pounds wow and they spent most of the time working out of an abandoned cigarette factory in glasgow uh due to t- uh we'll try it again due to tight time constraints and a tight budget most scenes were done in one take even better yeah i like that just turn it on and get wow. it and get out yeah Uh, It took place during the height of summer, which is problematic if you are trying to shoot night scenes in Glasgow, (laughs) where it's like it doesn't the sun doesn't go down until eleven p.m. and it's up again by four thirty in the morning. But on the flip side, it meant you could shoot all the daytime shots you wanted because the sun was up all all day and half the night. Right, so usually Boyle was on set around seven a.m. and didn't finish till at least eight thirty p.m. And so uh, that was about it. Uh, McDonald worked with Miramax Films to sell the film as a British pulp fiction, and they flooded the market with a revamped music video of Lust for Life by Iggy Pop, and the new music video was directed by Danny Boyle. Cool. So part of the problem, though, is you said while we were watching this, Liam – man, they don't sound nearly as Scottish as this in the... Uh, in the second one. In the second one. Well, actually, before it's released in the US, Miramax requested that some of the dialogue be dubbed so the film would be easier to understand mm. for American viewers unfamiliar with Scottish slang. I have no idea yeah. which one we watched, if this is the dubbed version of a not-dubbed version. No, oh, I God. Don't, yeah. I don't either.
3: I'm S- sure I must have watched the non-dubbed.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think it was dubbed. I think this is the better version. because really? It was said slang, not accent. I'm not sure there was that much, although there were bits where I was like, I have no clue what you're on about. Oh, and I'm pretty okay
2: with it. Okay.
0: So the actors re-recorded the first 20 minutes, softening their accents to attune American ears to the Scottish dialect. Mm. So, um it will portray itself as both British and as an exotic element to the international market, which made it stay relevant to the American public and made it an international success in its marketing. So you went, Look, it's British, there's London, here's all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, look, it's about heroin, and here's Scottish Hills, and here's all these things. And so you gave him part of the Britain that you used to see. We had those London shots, but then we also had bits most of it's around Glasgow, so you can sell it at home as being a legit British piece. Yep. So that's kind of the
2: They definitely got a load of landmarks in.
0: Yeah, they did. But also showed Glasgow. It's not very glamorous. No, no. Well, I think it's, even though it's shot in Glasgow, I think it's supposed to be in, yeah, it's supposed to be in Edinburgh, set in Edinburgh, shot in Glasgow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, except for, of course, the final scenes, which are shot in London. And it was shown at the 1996 Cannes Film Festival, but was shown out of competition because of its subject matter. So it was not eligible for any awards at the Cannes Film Festival, Mm -hmm. but it became the festival's one an only unqualified critical and popular hit. I can see that. And this is where we start the movie, with one of the... It's it's, it's hard to say this, but the best four minutes are the first four minutes of the film, aren't they? It's a good... good Choose life. It's, it's a good four minutes, isn't it? Now, Ellie, you've never seen this before, but surely... I'm curious. I'm thinking surely you have to be familiar with this sequence in some capacity. Yeah.
3: Um. Not overly. Wow. I mean,
0: that's ingrained in culture now, it isn't is. it?
3: I don't, I don't think so. Like maybe, kind of the the phrase "choose life."
0: Well, that was from bit. that was from like a nineteen eighties, yeah. Uh, like, don't do drugs ad campaign. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but no, not no, not, not the whole bit was running and oh.
3: I I have managed to live my life with very little knowledge whatsoever of train spotting so i kind of vaguely knew that it had something to do with drugs and i think i only learned that maybe like a year and a half ago
0: i filmed my own (laughs) i shared it with the group i share i filmed my own pastiche of a choose life segment that i use as a promotional video for why students should study film at sixth form and uh, we went out and we shot this as close as we could parts of it shot for shot even with the freeze frames and the name cards i wish georgia was here because it's a film of name cards yeah as we discovered she prefers films when they have name cards she does so she knows who's who (laughs) Mm-hmm. And this and this provided those, so um, and this is really I mean it's, it's there's the monologues, there's the character title cards, and it establishes the characters, the setting, and the fact they're junkies in about sixty seconds. You get all this information. Oh, easy, yeah. So, uh, Danny Boyle credits the Spike Jones directed music video for "Sabotage" by the Beastie Boys as a major influence on this, and it was originally planned for the middle of the film because this bit where he's running from the cops, yep. that's actually from the middle of the film.
2: And, they show again later yeah they?
0: so yeah. it's you could call this a circular narrative where you start at one point go back mm. to the beginning and catch up here but that wasn't the plan no. they just used it because they went it's be- we need something for the start and we don't have that and so they said well if we actually use the monologue here it's a much better start to the film clever and without question it's better than if you just started i don't even know and it gives it a better yeah.
2: ending as well doesn't it
0: it does it does especially because you're like oh i've seen this before and then you yeah. see him like do the laugh and you see him get 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 nicked two seconds later <laughs> uh, the scene where he's hit by a car took two hours and 20 takes to film including a whole lot of intervention <laughs> from the onset nurse oh. and it finishes <laughs> wow. with who needs reasons when you've got heroin for the record i just want to say that the best film of her podcast is not condoning heroin use at all nope. neither does this film to be fair no I don't think it shows you the dark side of there's, it. There's moments where they try to glamorize it, but you see how badly it ends for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I don't the don't overall well
3: message is don't do drugs. Ironically, it's at at a pretty strong do, don't do, do, do drugs. some soft ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't do heroin. No. Um, so let's meet Renton, played by Ewan McGregor. I think he's got a career in him. Do you think? I think he <laughs> would make a good leading man. Yeah, you know, I think he might fan. go
3: on to do one of my favorite films ever. Yeah.
0: You know, Come what may, I think he's got a career in him. The- <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> almost like he's a Padawan of acting. Padawan, honestly, I know, right? Um, so um, it pre- could have been a life less ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> reaching uh, <laughs> pre-production just cuz you didn't come up there <laughs> i'm i'm a little bit angry but i'll leave it i'll leave it alone but it might come up later cuz i have buried them in a shallow grave
2: <laughs> that was that was bad yeah uh, pre-production
0: began in april 95 and mcgregor was cast after impressing boyle and mcdonald on the previous film shallow grave yeah uh, according to Boyle for the role of Renton, they wanted the quality of Michael Caine's character in Alfie, which I've not seen. Good. A good. It, yeah, Combined with Malcolm McDowell's character in A Clockwork Orange, which I have seen.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that.
0: The wanted to be repulsive, but with charm that makes you feel deeply ambiguous about what he's doing. For the most part, I quite liked Renton. Mm-hmm. I, there's not too many points where I went, I don't like what you're doing here. Maybe with one exception. Yeah, the big exception. Well, we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you, if you talk about what you're thinking about, I, I think I'm in plead ignorance, like much like he could. Really? Well, we'll talk. We'll get. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and so, or maybe it's a cultural thing. Let's talk about that when we get to that yeah, point. Um, to play the hero addicted *The he Renton, you McGregor lost 26 pounds, and can it see only that. took him two months to do this. Mm. He achieved this by grilling everything and by drinking wine and gin instead of beer. <laughs> So this is my new weight <laughs> loss plan, not the heroin. I I'm going to grill everything. Yeah. And actually, I'm not drinking anything for Lent. So I'm, I'm already off of that part. So I need to grill things. Mm. Um, McGregor read books about crack and heroin to prepare for the role. He also went to Glasgow and met people from the, the Carlton... Uh, Sorry, the, the Calton Athletic Recovery Group, an organization of recovering heroin addicts, uh, who were given a little bit of a shout out by letting them play the opposing football team in the, in the opening credits. That's brilliant. Uh, he was taught how to cook, (laughs) he was also taught how to cook up heroin with a spoon using glucose powder he considered injecting heroin to better understand the character what? but ultimately decided against it yeah like, it, like i
3: did wonder
0: method's cool and all but jeez no could you imagine he's like he's kind of lived kind of variously like fairly scandalous he's had a lifelong nice career yeah. you know you think about the other big name actors and and the the, the falls they've had because of drugs and whatnot um Heath Ledger is a big one that jumps to mind. I mean, you know, but McGregor's had himself a long and successful career. So who who knows what happens? You could, you could argue he chose life. <laughs> <I do. laughs> and then we go to the apartments and we meet the characters and Spud kisses sick boy and we see a baby very early on. There's lots of shots of going, there's a baby in this. It, it rolls into mm-hmm. shot. I, I'm trying to find and a way. I'm not swearing about this house in this. It's derelict. That's the best. I want to say sh**hole. It but is. It is. And it is derelict. <laughs> There's my one. You know what I mean? Like it's derelict, but it's, it's, it's a sh-hole.
2: They show you an outside scene at some
0: At some points, literally.
2: Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about Spud. Yeah. Spud played by Ewan Bremner. Uh, this was a play before it was a film. Okay. Wow. Okay. And when it was a play, the character of Renton was played by Ewan Bremner. Oh, so the guy okay. who played spud in the yeah, film yeah, 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 plays yeah. renton so it's very similar when we talk about greece yeah yeah, yeah. and the guy who plays Kanicki in the film was danny on stage is yeah, that it? it was yeah and and travolta played duty on stage am i right no sunny sunny on stage yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry hook onto a c c c c c c, c, c. <laughs> c a a a no, a minor that's duty that's <laughs> oh, duty so which one's sunny sunny's the one that ethan oh ethan do. ethan did sunny okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. sunny <laughs> with a chance <laughs> Um, and so um, he agreed to play the role of Spud Saying he felt the characters were part of his own personal heritage So good on him And then meet Sick Boy Played by Johnny Lee Miller uh, uh, American audiences might know him as uh, Sherlock Yeah, yeah Elementary yeah. In Elementary Or you might know him as oh, I forget what his character name was But he was in Hackers He was in Hackers He had some cool hacker name Or, he, or you could refer to
2: him as um, uh, Angelina Jolie's boyfriend In Hackers no, in real life. Oh, in real life. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what was actually, it? I don't know if they got married.
0: Don't know. I'm pretty sure they did. Well, she's been with Billy Bob Thornton, Brad as, Pitt. That was before then. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely it was, yeah. That yeah, was way before then. So, uh, Boyle heard about Johnny Lee Miller playing an American in the film, Hackers, and was impressed when he auditioned by doing a Sean Connery accent because Yuck. he is the only non-Scott in the film. Yeah, I thought so. He is English. That's why his accent, to me, sounded weird. I, I didn't want to say anything when you marked that up, but yeah, I was like, oh, good on him. Good good ear. Yeah,
3: yeah. Ellie. Johnny Lee, M- Lee Miller was married to Angelina Jolie between 1996 and 1999. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Can
0: you find out what his character name was in... Uh, in Hackers. In Hackers. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> uh, sure. Johnny Lee Miller's character, Sick Boy, is obsessed with James Bond trivia, but only when he's like... On, on smack yeah. right but he's the grandson of bernard lee who played m in the bond series until 1979 wow so there's actually like a storyline reason to sort of or like a real life reason to do this
2: that's cool yeah uh
0: his castmate robert Carlyle, of course played the villain in another bond movie the world is not enough in 1999 not a, not a, not one of the great bond no, films, no, 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 but no. a cool idea villain who can't feel pain yep yep
3: ellie character in hackers was dade murphy
0: oh he had like a hacker name too must have
3: had like a a nickname or something he did yeah, yeah, yeah. he had like his
0: hacker name anyway oh. Um, oh
3: is it Zero Cool Crash Override
0: that's it Crash Override <laughs> Crash Override Crash Crash. like kind of like the Bandicoot but instead I he's an override I've seen that film once yeah Yeah, I think I, I just saw I, it I once but I liked it but it was like the 90s and this was like oh you just type fast you're hacking <laughs> yeah make sure you get green or purple font on the screen a bit like Mickey Rourke in um, Iron Man 2 a little bit yeah <laughs> Uh, Johnny Lee Miller used the Scottish accent the entire film, even when he wasn't filming. I think he needed to. He only broke the accent at the rap party, and his co-workers didn't know. Really? Yeah, so then he, he, he dropped back to his natural accent, and they went, whoa! Oh, I knew, just by watching it. See, I did that once when I went out for Canadian Idol. I put on a fake English accent for <sighs> the whole time, and then finally I had to get some people side and go, I, I've been, so funny I went back to my Canadian accent, I've been speaking like this for like three days. Can I? Can I just? Can I just give you my regular voice for? Like, what am like, Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> Sorry, That's I'm, really funny because your English accent's really bad. It is, it is. but yeah. Canadians,
0: it sounds fine. I got yeah. news. I got news for you. Your American accents aren't great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember when I started doing Greece with you lot, and I was like, there are some bad American accents in this place.
2: I remember looking at you going, man, that's a good, that's that's,
0: a good, American, accent. A good American accent. <laughs> and uh, Ellie, I mean, we've talked about your, your down <laughs> South Texas, Brooklyn accent you were going for.
3: Yes, which means that my Southern American accent is wonderful. Yes, it is. <laughs> my new york accent not so much
0: i really struggled in chicago to do like an old-timey chicago accent everybody else could do it i couldn't <laughs> so eventually i just i sound I like i like like a, like a louisiana drawl so i was just like i i didn't want to do like my, my naked canadian voice but it was i think that's what i did in the end i don't yeah, know wow. um and so back to the, the 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 junk hole i'll call it there's a sexual energy in the injection of heroin between allison and sick boy and just, oh, as, yes, just as I'm writing this down, da- but there's like, he's like injecting her and she's like responding.
2: He licks it as well, doesn't he? Yeah.
0: And just as I, I'm writing this down, we get the idea of It's the best orgasm times a thousand, according to the voiceover. And I like the use of a voiceover to oh, guide yeah, us through. The generation of it. And you can tell it was a book.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's these sorts of things that I'm sure are lifted right from the pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that beats any, I'm going to say sexual experience in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, right. I'm not going to say. It. <laughs> I um,
3: can't remember what she said.
0: Oh, she. I'll, 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 I'll make it as PG as possible. Uh, she says, "I like that. Ellie. That beats any penis in the world."
4: <laughs> oh.
0: Yes. Yeah. She might have referred to it as something else. And the baby's in, like, a different room. In Like, the baby's, like, demise is, like, foreshadowed so much. Oh. A, no one's ever touching the baby. No. The baby's always just neglected. Crawling by. Crawling by in areas it shouldn't be. It's yeah. separated from everybody else, off to the side of everybody else. When they fall down with or their heroin, time, they're just right missing the kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rolling over the cracks oh, on yeah. the floor. Yeah, oh. yeah. And this is where we find out there's two guys in the uh, derelict building who don't do drugs. One is Begbie and one is Tommy. So let's talk about Begbie. Begbie played by Robert Carlyle. First choice was not Robert Carlyle. Really? First choice was Christopher Eccleston, who, of ah, course, was in oh. Shallow Grave. I can, I can see that.
2: Yep. Because Eccleston's got that hard edge about him. Well, I think Carlisle's
0: great in this. Carlisle's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Carlisle said, uh, I've met lots of Begbies in my time. Wander around Glasgow on Saturday night, and you've got a good chance of running into a Begbie. <laughs> in 2009. Yes, in 2009, he told a BAFTA interviewer that he played Begbie as a closeted gay man whose outbursts of violence were due to his fear of being outed. The writer of the book of the book said that he confirmed he wrote the character of begbie to have an ambiguous sexuality and agreed with carlisle's interpretation you could tell that on yeah. screen though yeah not bad because when he
2: gets um you and up the walls doesn't he yeah no pun intended
0: there. oh when, when he when he has his moment yeah, and yeah. He, he brings out the knife doesn't he yeah don't you ever do you ever tell anybody yeah yeah, yeah. where everyone else is kind of laughing okay so so yeah, this yeah. happens oh okay uh and then we meet tommy played by kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd would go on years later to appear in a little American medical drama series called Grey's Anatomy. Aww. Which, if you want, you can, I had not planned this, but you can <laughs> catch that on Friday dropping in for Takeoff. Kevin McKidd's not part of the original cast, but he does show up okay. years, years down below. No, you didn't miss him. He's just looks
3: like, oh, he's, <laughs> he he, familiar.
0: he's also the groom in Maid of Honor. Oh, yeah. He's the Scottish guy who gets married. Yeah. <laughs> Far less heroin, but, but, but just as much Scottish countryside so there we we go um and he missed if you you ever notice he's never on the posters yeah for any of the things it's because he went on holiday and therefore missed the promotional photo shoot oh god yeah so he's not even on the video cover he's on the dvd cover which is weird because he's a main character yeah he's more main than some of the other ones you could argue you could argue he's more main than diane why did he go on holiday sometimes you just need to get away <laughs>
3: <laughs> there are quite a few actors in this well i say quite a few at least two of them um were voice voices in brave as well
0: oh yeah like, i can imagine yeah there's a few familiar things uh, like
3: obviously you go to scottish actors
0: absolutely yep. uh retton wants to get off the junk and we see this because his red light like bathed over him and we finally get the title card and he gets off the junk and he's like this is the room i won't leave and he barricades himself in with like these two giant like, two by doors, fours like yeah. nailed shut i'm just like oh someone who rents a property i'm like that's just not <laughs> that's not good uh and we get uh, i say we here we've got some soothing music and what song is this oh it's it's the piece of orchestral music ellie did you pick oh, up what this was it's nice no oh, okay <laughs> i was like ellie might know this nope uh and he's got a hell of a shopping list to get himself through i don't i don't write it down i do remember eight tins of a mushroom soup to be eaten cold yeah i think four tins of tomato soup to be eaten hot yeah he's got uh amongst other things he's got three buckets one for vomit one for urine and one for feces yep (laughs) he's got a television and valium from his socially accepted drug addict of a mother because Valium's okay yeah yeah and um, he needs one last hit, and so he goes and sees the dealer, and they've got a version of it, but it's a suppository, so he's got to stick it up, up his anus. Yeah.
2: He has to break the door down, then
0: first. He has to break the door down, yeah. and this is played by Keith Allen, the dealer. I only bring him up because he was also in Shallow Grave in the same role. Oh, okay. He's a dealer in both, and the theory is he, they, they share a universe. Oh, okay. Keith <sighs> Allen pops up in a lot of things. And, I've never, I didn't recognize him, but yeah, maybe it's um, more of a local thing.
2: What about um, Park Life with, Blur.
0: What the video? Yeah, he's in. Oh, that. very cool. Yeah, Ellie.
3: Um, I think the classical music might have been Bizet's Carmen Suite Number Two.
0: Probably because I don't hear it anywhere else. Yeah, so yeah, I would guess that's probably it. He's also Lily Allen's dad. Is he? Yeah. What the singer? Lily Bizet. Bizet.
2: Yeah.
0: Sorry, Bizet, the guy who wrote the music we're talking about. No, no. <laughs> no, no oh, we're no, back no. to the dealer. No, uh... oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, why drag this out? <laughs> Once in a while, you make me smile. Is that her? Is that Lillian? You yeah. make me yeah. smile. It's just some more singing for the montage at the end of the year. <laughs> and uh, then we go to um, the worst toilet in Scotland. Oh. And it's, it's, it's not much of a... It's one of a few weird, just gross... You can tell this is a novel, and there's chapters that we're getting. Everything yeah. felt... this is called episodic. In like a, so it's like little mini chapters, kind like of the breakfast club. It was like, here's conversations that are little individual chapters. It's yeah. not like one flow of events from start to finish. It's just pockets. And so uh, he's got to use the toilet because his heroin is wearing off. And so he now has a release. He does. Because heroin makes you constipated. Heroin gone, no longer constipated. And so he finds the world's worst toilet and it's just covered in feces. But probably reminds him his of his, uh, proper probably reminds him of this derelict place, never been cleaned. Ugh. It's been some like the, the bedding house, it's in looks all right. <laughs> but, um, actually, then he, he uses the toilet and then he realizes the suppositories have fallen out of his bum. Yeah. And he reaches down to get oh. them and ends up climbing down into Clever the drain scene, pipe. Though. Clever scene. Clever. Clever, yeah. I like Um, that that surrealness too. For the record, uh, the feces was made from chocolate and actually smelled quite nice. Oh, okay. But (laughs) they they made sure that we knew it was gross because you had buzzing fly sounds.
3: (laughs) This was disgusting. Like, I I don't normally have too much of a reaction to, like, gross stuff in films. Like, any kind of gore, I'm pretty much okay with. But this, I literally was hiding under my blanket. Oh, really? Yeah. It it had me, like, proper screaming. Oh. (laughs)
0: yeah Uh, so then he goes in and finds it like in this dream sequence he's down and the water's clear and clean because you're obviously in his altered state or something like that yeah and he finds them and this apostle is like four times bigger now (laughs) and he gets out and he pulls himself out of uh, back out of the loo and he looks all clean because the water's now all clear but then when they show him outside his like trainers are like stained brown oh yeah gross And then we go to Renton and Sick Boy, who are both getting off drugs, and we found out that Sick Boy did it at the same time as Renton. According to Renton, he did it just to annoy me and show how easily he could do it. (laughs) That's good. And they got an air rifle, and they're shooting stuff in the park. Uh, This was done. Originally, it was supposed to have a theme to Mission Impossible in the background. Oh, okay. And then Brian De Palma started work on the Mission Impossible film Uh, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went, I guess we can't use that. So they had some other not great piece of music in the background um but uh, both actors were very hungover for the scene yeah i can see that yeah. yeah yeah yeah. did they do it on purpose i feel like if they if i think they it probably be helps the like look of them beating withdrawal yeah yeah, yeah. and it really matter and retin shoots a dog i didn't like this bit um you yeah. might not you might not like this either. then I, I didn't like the fact that he shot the dog yeah
3: i don't imagine georgia has very high views of Scene in order
0: to make the scene of the dog act crazy afterwards uh boyle is just outside of frame himself and he starts screaming at the dog and that's what made it go nuts <laughs> but that's gonna be traumatizing for the dog yeah. doesn't it you can't explain to a dog oh, it's okay i didn't mean it i didn't mean it we were, sh- we're shooting a scene <laughs> i don't know no. and then we have spuds job interview and um the secret is he wants to stay on benefits we would say in this country or yeah. the dole as it might be said in slang terms you might call it welfare in north america but the same premise unemployment the same is in place yeah. probably more unemployment than it is than it is uh welfare but uh the idea being you have to show you're looking for work but you don't actually want to get the job no, you don't want to get it <laughs> and i've never been on unemployment or anything like this so i was sitting there going i've never had to worry about doing this stuff i was unemployed once for like two weeks and i just hit every restaurant i could because it was a summer job that fell through at the last moment so mm-hmm. I'm like, i need to find a summer job while i'm at university and uh was, was lucky enough to, to find something um but so i've never had to do this dance of going to the office going okay here's my here's my record and then i'll say okay thanks very much but you're only doing that if you seriously don't want a job though isn't it? Yeah, but you still have to show up and so you've been looking. Even I'm not saying gaming the system, but I'm saying even even the whole format of going...
2: Oh, yeah, it's quite the Because
0: if you were legitimately looking and just not finding anything, yeah. then you still have to go ahead and show up and say, I'm looking. I really am. Yeah. So I've never had to do that, thankfully. But um, the secret is, apparently, although Renton's coming down off of or or's giving up heroin, he still has some speed in his pocket. Yeah. And I feel that with a novel, there might be more time between those two scenes. Yeah. But just. Felt like he's like, yeah, I'm off heroin. Got speed in my pocket. I'm like, is this a good Boom. thing? <laughs> fame it was. Doesn't, well, good for uh good for Spud in his job interview, which was really great. And they <laughs> I go quite enjoyed this. Free in the door. all these jump cuts of like distance. <laughs> that was brilliant. And they went to lie on your application, or well, just to get my foot in the door. <laughs> they're like, you were sent here by like the employment agents. Uh, you know, like you, you don't already had your, fame? your foot's in the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So um, <laughs> I think his answer to why do you want to work in the leisure industry was the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure of leisure. And then he goes up and he like hugs them and kisses them <laughs> as he shakes their hands. So obviously, mission accomplished. He's uh, not getting the job. No. So then we have two scenes that kind of happen side by side. So one of them we have Begbie and the boys are upstairs in a pub and they're drinking a pint and Begbie's talking about something. Uh. I can't make out anything he's saying. <laughs> This can't be redubbed, this part. And when he's done, he takes his, like... It's not even like a pint glass. It's like a stein? What would it, you call that? No, it is a pint glass. Well, it holds a but, pint, but it's, but, like, it's not like a skinny pint glass. No, you know. it's yeah, like no. dimples, no, no, tumbler ones. how they
2: used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. it's, like,
0: it's like these fat it's like, things hand, with like a handle on hand it. It looks like a mini yeah. pitcher, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he just throws it over behind him, over the balcony, and then it freezes. And then we go to Tommy telling a story about how Begbie got angry over a pool game and basically kills this nerd for eating crisps. <laughs> yeah, he does. And then while he's telling the story, though, so we have like three things going on here. We have Mark's looking through all his videotapes and finds amongst these football tapes, they've got um, Tommy and his girl have made some sex tapes. Yep. And so he puts- Volume number one. The sex tape- (laughs) volume number one at which point you got to think if they've got like five volumes <laughs> is this something you have to start at the beginning to understand the storyline or what's yeah. the, what's the <laughs> is, it, is, this like, is this like the, the, the like MCU where you're like I need to know sure I know by number five what's happened previously <laughs> so he puts volume one into this t- hundred top soccer goals or football goals and says can I borrow this tape and he's like yeah you can borrow my football tape <laughs> And unfortunately, like this one decision, this is my issue. Yeah. This one decision... Ruins everything. Kills Tommy. Yeah. If you follow the butterfly effect, this kills Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Oh. And I'll say this. Maybe if i want he, I didn't really ever feel that Renton ever felt sorry for anything he did. No, he didn't. Yeah. But he was there for every single occasion. What happened? Yeah. It's all his fault. Yeah. It's all his fault. But he never felt... Yeah, it is. Well, we'll talk about it. But, okay, first things first, the relationship breaking up definitely is fault. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And he could have given the tape back and said, sorry, bud. He could have said, I'm sorry. Oh, I found it. It's in this. I I, I think you're around to watching this yet. Exactly. It's in here. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Begbie in the glass Yeah, and the glass lands glasses am I using the, is that the right verb glasses a woman Yep. yeah glasses it hits, it glass hits her, in the, her in, in, in the face and she's yeah. bleeding all over the place and Begbie just goes I, he yells at the woman somehow but it's her fault or something no he goes down the stairs yeah. and he says which of this
2: person threw that glass in her face yeah. I'll, I'll get him. I'll have him. Yeah. and he's the one who did it
0: Yeah. And <laughs> but, so, he, but he don't realize he's, the oh, one he's, one he's using this as an opportunity to, yeah. to start a fight which is all he wants he likes recreational violence which a could be this closet if you do i say he's this closeted homosexual it'd be this idea of he wants to feel pain mm-hmm. as well so he likes to fight but he likes to be hurt as well if you want to go with that interpretation which carlisle did
2: it's funny because i always thought he never had the inclination to think that he was the one who did it
0: what carlisle yeah oh no i think he's sporting for a fight oh really it's the whole see, reason have, why I he never, throws. i never it. looked at it that way ellie
3: um George's here oh let's, let's let her in
0: all right yeah. and george is here so <laughs> george do you get a chance to watch the whole thing i did okay so we're at the part where begbie has just thrown a beer uh the, 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 the glass. glass over yeah. the balcony it's hit some oh, woman yeah. in the head and yeah. then they start a fight and we're arguing well, we're having a conversation yeah uh about does begbie know that he's the one who's caused this to happen or is he does he think in some weird way he's coming to her defense
1: Oh no, he
0: knows he's done it. Okay. Oh no, I I don't I just no, <laughs> it over the thing. He's so in he's so he heard in conversation.
2: Scream. Yeah, no, he knows no, exactly I, what
1: that was. I he's don't think done.
2: so. We should put that to a poll.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You were talking about 90-10 polls earlier,
0: Ian? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Robert Carlyle said that he was very amused by the appeal of his Begbie character, and videos popped up on the internet of people reenacting the entire scene, especially the bar fight. By his own admission, some people performed the scene better than he himself had done. I'm saying, Robert Carlyle, you're being hard on yourself. You yeah, did a good job with this. I think so, too. It was a great scene. And then.
1: If you like senseless violence and drunk people, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> but that's the idea. He's not supposed to be a likable. We're not saying he's no, a likable character. No. We're saying it's a great scene. He's yeah. memorable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then speaking of watching a great scene, I guess, Sick Boy and Renton are watching Tommy's sex tape together. They are. and not really amused by it. <laughs> it's weird. It would be, I, th- I think it would be very strange to watch any sort of sex tape with your friend on the couch watching it together, but even weirder if you're watching a third friend on camera. So why did he take it in the first place? <laughs> I don't know odd. if you've realized these people are degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go. If, if you're going to ask me, why does Renton do everything he does in this oh, film? Yeah, we're going right, to be here yeah, for a yeah, while. We, I think we are. Yeah. So they go to the club because now that he's off of the smack, he's like, I want, uh, I want to get laid yeah, is basically yeah. how it goes. And uh, there's a great bit where Tommy is talking to Spud because Spud's been dating this girl for six weeks and they haven't had sex yet. And uh, they're both sort of the boys and the girls. They're both having the same conversation, but they don't want to let each other in on it. Yeah. And so the girls finally come across and go, "What are you two talking about?" And they go, "Football." Football. <laughs> what about you two? Shopping. Shopping. <laughs> uh, and Renton is striking out. He's dancing with everybody on the dance floor, and then he sees Diane. It's got like one of those like crazy like pullbacks on the camera, yeah. and like everything parts, and she's shot in like a bit glossier like stock that everybody else was i love her dress in this it's very 90s you said that at the time yeah yeah um and he watches her and she's getting ready to leave but some guy approaches her for two drinks she kind of slows down takes one drinks it takes the other one out of his hand drinks that one too off she goes and then renton tries to sweet talk her on the way out the door and she like reads his mail and goes like let me tell you who i think you are i think of this 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 and this and she's right about all of it <laughs> yep and he thinks he's struck out, but she leaves the door to the taxi open. And so the invitation's obviously, come on inside, come home with me, which is what he was trying to have happen anyway. Yeah. Um, and then everybody is having sex except for Spud. Spud is passed out on the bed. <laughs> and his girlfriend's like, come on, casual sex. And he's just like, he's just like inebriated. And then she's like, let me see what you're working with. And I'm like, <laughs> Let's reverse the genders. Yep, yep. A girl's passed out in the bed and they're like, all right, I'm going to take your clothes off. It would not be a source of comedy. No, I wouldn't.
4: No, no, nothing in this film is a source of comedy.
0: I'm sorry, (laughs) you both were talking, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in this film is a source of comedy.
0: Oh, there's some documents. Oh, I think this is supposed to be... See, it's supposed, I get that it's supposed to be funny. I don't like it. No, no, no. I get that not funny.
3: I guess I get that Spud's the basically loser. and said the same thing. It doesn't, doesn't need to yeah. be reverse gender for it to not be funny. Like, no, I, I, I agree, any but anyways. I think for
0: some reason we're going, well, not us specifically, but I think that we're just going, well, maybe, like it is tee-hee-hee, kind of. Mm. Or maybe you just don't like that sense of humor. No, it's not about humor. about it. That's why I say reverse the genders, and you go, oh, my God, this Kavis would, because it wouldn't even be debated. Nice. It wouldn't even make a film. You, you could not have a film. Home. if you shot this in 96 and you're like yeah and then spud takes her home and then takes her clothes off when she's passed out it wouldn't make it in the cinemas it wouldn't make it past the edit no no.
3: unless it was like really obviously calling him out for being a rapist or something like, yes
0: but th- but this 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 film was telling me it was a for, joke yeah. not
3: for a likable yeah character no
0: yeah it's just oh look how much of a loser he is ha ha, ha. um And so Tommy's girl wants to put on a tape of themselves having sex while they have sex. And it takes like Tommy a while to realize he's watching a football tape. (laughs) Because at first he's kind of just like, like into the football tape a little bit. I don't know if he's just distracted. (laughs) We got, uh, <laughs> what a penetrating goal. <laughs> and then we're cross cutting this with uh, Renton, who's having sex with Diane. Diane yeah. And they've just finished. And he says, I haven't felt that good since Kenny Dogley scored in 1978 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, is the goal they're watching, I assume. Yeah, I, I assume so. <laughs> and she kicks him out instantly. He has to sleep in the hall, which, knowing what we find out later, just tell him to go home. I forgot how much nudity was in this film. Yeah, it was a fair bit. It not Yeah. Cause we have, we have Tommy's girlfriend on tape. And I think in real life, we yeah. have Diane. Yeah. Uh, I think there's someone else. Uh, yeah. Um, you and McGregor, you and McGregor, you and yeah. no, you and you and you and Bremner. Ewan, Ewan Bremner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Tommy thinks he may have returned the tape to the video shop and Diane, not Diane, Well, whatever his girlfriend's name, not, not happy about that no it seems weird that he forgot he lent a tape out because he's not he doesn't do drugs or anything like that so you think you'd remember oh i I lent a tape especially when it's a football tape you lent someone a football tape yeah a bit weird that is a bit weird so going back to the sex scene kelly mcdonald the actress in her naivete invited both her mother and brother to the set the day she filmed that scene with ewan mcgregor
2: that was so graphic
0: uh, the scene also had to be trimmed for the American release by a few seconds, mainly because it appeared that Diane, a schoolgirl, yeah. seemed to be enjoying it too much.
2: Yes, yeah, she did.
0: Yeah, so she, I, <laughs> I guess there were some problems with... Is she still a, a
2: victor, uh, or uh, who, who knows? Yeah. She enticed him, really, once he, you
0: know... So, I mean, here's kind of a... I don't judge the character of Renton for making this assumption because she didn't look for. for she's she in a club. She's at a club. The assumption is they're checking IDs. Yeah. Uh, so if you go look, there's a process in place where you're checking IDs. If someone gets by you, yeah, and then I don't realize. I mean, I know technically what he did was was illegal, but I think you you go. I, I think as the audience, we forgive him for it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because he's lulled in the interface. first time. Yeah
3: yeah the not second time oh it's a bit oh it's a bit mm.
0: she kind of it's also
3: on a school night isn't it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, is, it <laughs>
3: is you really wouldn't expect a 14 year old to be
0: yes
1: hanging around in the club
0: yes I mean he is a drug addict at the end of um, the day so not, I found yeah.
1: something out really disturbing though about this actress okay she voices Merida
0: shut up this
1: is why i said there's a few people in Brave.
0: wow <laughs> i didn't know which
1: part she played though she played merida wow and i um
0: she's fighting distraught. for straw she's fighting for her own hand <laughs> uh in the morning uh spud has messed the bed oh i've never had this happen to me tell
2: me tell me that's tell me that's chocolate not
0: I don't think they said wake up and really go methods, you and Brumner. Go <laughs> oh, method. Hey, hey, you and McGregor was going to take heroin. Renton has <laughs> breakfast with who he thinks are the flatmates. I and mean, then the reveal is that no, it's her parents. Who are. I think they know him, don't they? No. But I think it's weird that they aren't putting two and two together about why he's here.
3: Yeah, they're very accepting of it, aren't
0: yeah, they? Yeah. No, now, I get the feeling it's not the first such visit they've had.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why I think they know him. Um, and no, I, I don't think so at all because he doesn't know them. He says, you're the flatmates, flatmates. That's a new one before. But it didn't go, Mark, uh, it's us.
2: Uh, um, okay.
0: Oh, if he knows them, it's it, you can't have him know them or else it's it, it definitely, no. he's, we can't forgive him. If he knows them, we can't forgive him. Okay. Yeah. No,
3: that would be straight up pedophilia.
0: Um, and so. Oh, it, oh, no, I was thinking of um thingy spud oh yeah. Oh, no, no 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 we're talking about mark yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah um and so then spud goes for breakfast and Ugh. he's got the sheets i don't know why he has the sheets with him Ugh. i think i'd be like i'd bundle them up so it was like a and then put it in the bin <laughs> yeah I just bin them don't bin bin wash them, no, bin bin him. Bin them
3: yeah you wouldn't really want that in the washing machine would you the no. sheet,
0: bin a, put, get them in a grocery bag do whatever you have to do get them out of the house and bin them and then give her 10 quid for some sheets or something. Yeah, one sheet does plenty. Jeez. <laughs> he was sheet out of luck. He was, not he? Um, and so they do his tug-of-war game. And I have to say, like he admits that he had an accident, and she's still like pulling on them really like, at some what? point you have to go, "Some of this is on you, lady." Yeah, literally well. as the case. <laughs> <might be. laughs> and the girl he's with, the look on her face. When oh. on her face. And so then, of course, oh, they pull, and look. the only person who doesn't get feces on him is Spud. <laughs> yeah. And it's all yeah. over everybody. And to be fair, I found this I know it's really crass. I found this really funny. I did. It was, it was the look on his face that made it funny. Yeah.
3: The bit that I found funny was was the girlfriend's face.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, and I
3: didn't realise until after, like when I was doing the age game, that that was Shirley Henderson.
0: Who's that? Yeah, from Bridget Jones.
3: Moaning Myrtle. Moaning, Moaning oh, Myrtle. Oh, shut under. up! Really? Yeah. <laughs> and
2: also from
3: Bridget Jones. Even James. I got yeah. that one. So,
0: so Moaning Myrtle is the one yeah. who creates, like a who who strips him. Yeah.
2: Well, didn't I, I said yeah. to you, I don't like her voice. I don't like her as an actress's voice. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. Well, I don't know why.
0: I didn't recognize
3: her voice her face and and I watched Bridget Jones The Edge of Reason yesterday
2: oh no see
3: this is
1: (laughs) shocked because I recognized her straight away and went is that fucking moaning bird yeah yes it is
0: is. is. Uh, let's talk about Kelly MacDonald a little bit who played Diane go for it she got the part when the production crew were handed out flyers across Glasgow for anyone eager to audition and when Danny Boyle first laid eyes on her with a plain hairdo in a corridor surrounded by so many glamorous girls he knew she was the one he wanted someone Unknown, so no one would guess that someone of this age was playing a schoolgirl. Uh, Obviously, she's yeah, of a certain age because oh, they showed her naked on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, McDonald still has but this promotional
3: presence. So. Ma-
0: yes, McDonald still has these promotional flyers at home. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I know what you're saying because actually, in American Beauty, I believe the girl, there's a girl who goes topless in a scene where she's across the street. And she's 17, I think. And I think her parents had to be on set as a result. But I'm like, why would you cast a 17-year-old? Exactly. That's my bigger issue. Why? You wouldn't. Would you? Either get rid of the scene yeah. and just make it like something that like suggests. You know, you do the bit where she oh, lifts. I've
2: funny. A 17-year-old and an 18-year-old.
0: Well, not- the law. The law the is law. different. But yeah. in- no, what is there anything unique? So why you, do you need a 17-year-old? Yeah, no, like, you go get an 18-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> um, Someone should
3: have told that to you at McGregor. <laughs>
0: Again, I don't think. I think it's quite clear he didn't know. No, he didn't. His face is quite because there's the reveal of her in the school uniform, yeah. and you're like, what? And he's talking to her on the way to school, and he's like, no. oh, on the way to school, and he's like, no we, <laughs> no, we can't. She wants to hold hands. He's like, no, we can't do this. No, you know, said, so no one's gonna find out. No people find out. And then she goes, Are you gonna see me again? He goes, no. And she goes, if you don't see me again, I'll tell the police yeah, what you so did. He blackmails him. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 entrapment, like it is. in every yeah. Yeah I don't think it's I don't think I think we can forgive him for not thinking that a girl he meets in the nightclub yeah. would be as young as she is.
2: No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: then we have cuz in the UK especially where league of, Cons- uh, league of consent age of consent is 16. 16. Yeah. In America you might be going well hang on 18 and well, 21 but I guess the similar sort of such age gaps I suppose but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean if if she's in a club where alcohol's being served you think she's at least two three years past that mark oh
2: yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: um and so then we go to this iconic shot where the train pulls away and it's the four of them standing i like this shot yeah it's kind of a nothing scene though
2: it is nothing scene but do you think they need to get the train in because that was the train spot
0: maybe <laughs> i think knows? we need this to see tommy's downfall yeah because tommy wants them to go hiking but they're all like hung over from the night before uh he needs to take his mind still off drinking this yeah <laughs> uh and he goes look at that doesn't it make you feel proud to be scottish and mcgregor goes it's shite to be scottish some people hate the english i don't they're wankers but we've been colonized by wankers <laughs>
3: uh, like like we couldn't even pick someone good to colonize <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh,
2: and then well. i love the fact we can laugh at that <laughs> yeah
0: well it's a it's canadian half of me that's laughing in this regard <laughs> who, who also got colonized by the yeah, english yeah, so there, there we go we we're not still part of the same country i'll say that much uh there's a democratic decision to get back on heroin they say <laughs> yeah. and in this scene the baby's in shadow it's tough we're not there yet, but the baby's now in shadow. Yeah. And you're like, "Who?" That's tough every time I see once it. Once you know. Every time I see Once it, you know yeah, yeah, and you yeah. start seeing all the places the baby, you're like, oh, jeez. I noticed a lot more this time around. Yeah, than the first time and I did. The yeah. yeah. Then it car batteries and Renton steals money from his mom. Tommy's girl dumps him over the videotape and Tommy wants a hit to take the pain away. And he says, I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I'm a big boy. Now, at this point, I think it behooves Renton to go, i did it i know he's back on the smack yeah but at this point you go i don't do. look i did this beat beat me up do whatever needs to have happen here's the tape it's not lost and there
2: was that beat where he could have done
0: and he chooses not to yeah and he goes i a big boy and he actually just goes ahead and goes yeah all right yeah well, well he wasn't going to and then he hits the money out and that's what gets Mark to roll back over yeah, and do it yeah and they steal a tv from an old folks home <laughs> Right in front of them. And before he took up screenwriting, John Hodge was a doctor and had to frequently deal with heroin addicts. Some of his experiences have been worked in the script. One such example is junkies stealing a television set from an old folks' home. <laughs> just can't make it up. How low can you go? So here is our trigger warning. Trigger warning, we're talking about a disturbing scene coming up. And I'll put that back over there.
2: Okay. Okay, that's good.
0: Cool. So let's just do a bunch of silence. And then we just get told, well, the good times, they couldn't last forever. And it's a really understated way of talking yeah. about what's about to happen. Yeah. And this is the baby being dead. Ugh. And we hear Allison screaming. And, like, they're all laced out on on smack. And um, they're going, you hear uh, Spud going, would you be quiet? Everything's all right. And, you know. Um, Renton's kind of just like rolling over going Ugh. and
2: he's like I don't know how long she's been
0: screaming and yeah the, the the part of him that's narrating I don't know how long she's been screaming for don't know if anybody did right. and then we find out the baby's dead and we they're not afraid to give us a close up now this is graphic. It, it looks like a doll yeah it does look, look look like a doll but we've seen the baby crawling around most of the movie and it's still yeah
2: <sighs> and going by the look of it it's been dead a while yeah that is
0: and so and they and, and they make you look and the characters don't even choose to look they choose to look away yeah and, um, and they hold
2: the camera quite a while
0: yep on it it stays there you know it doesn't give you the comfort of a cut or no, a move no, it, no, it, you, no, have, it you it have to really come face you, to face with it yeah. because we've been in many ways like the sixth member of a seventh member of that. Of that group, we've been in the room. We've been ignoring the baby, just like everybody else has. Because while we've been following Sick Boy and Renton's sexual escapades and all these other adventures, we too have forgotten there's a baby crawling around. Yeah. So I don't
2: think so.
0: I didn't miss no, because the camera leads us there. Well, but I I think when you see him. Not that, when it shows us the baby, we think about the baby. Yeah. But when we're when we see them like you know out at the club, I'm not thinking there's still a baby out no. there. No, I'm I'm thinking about the scene I'm being shown. Yeah, exactly. So it makes me an equal party of that because I was caught up in all their escapades and not with the baby as well. Yeah, you're not thinking, and any... it forces me to deal with it just like it forces the characters to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we find out it could have been anyone's. And Mark says, "I know it wasn't mine." I don't think he's actually knows it wasn't his i think he's just it's that rejection it's the denial yeah so he can't we do find out later who the odds who the odds are of whose baby it is yeah but he says it could have been he goes it could have been spuds it could have been tommy's it could have been sick boys it could have been but i I know it wasn't mine because they all have to deal with that in there like somehow it makes what happened a little bit easier Mm -hmm. i don't know uh but we do have uh sick boys quite traumatized more than anybody else and we get the idea that he probably knows it's his yeah and sick boy yells though and says say something mark and the only thing come up with i'll cook one up
2: why did he yell at him to say something though this is what i didn't
0: understand i'm guessing this is mark's role in the group maybe georgie i'm guessing you skipped this whole scene yeah 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 um (laughs) it's generally accepted the baby died of starvation and or dehydration Okay. And it's heavily implied as we said that sick boy was baby Don's father but it isn't actually confirmed officially until the the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Let me find that out. That's true. So this is the end of the trigger warning so we can all just be quiet again for a second. now i know where to mark it all right so um let's talk about some happy things with the baby shall we um danny boyle used twins to play the part of baby don which meant that neither baby was forced to be in front of the camera for too long and all the cast would play with the two babies between takes to break the tension of the obviously difficult scenes they were about to shoot yeah so that's nice so our last memory is of the cast playing with babies it's a bit like um linda blair in uh, the exorcist
2: young girl in that yeah but she's a young girl that baby no i know but yeah. she was a young girl in that and they would make sure that there was a happy set it oh really was, it was okay. it weren't you know what we saw on yeah. screen it was not what she was experiencing
0: it must be really difficult to sort of just turn a switch and go okay and now we're back in a depressing state and now yeah play with a box full of puppies on set yeah there we go um back to the opening almost literally and they get nicked for shoplifting <laughs> after he smiles we get scene. hit by the car uh, Spud is sent away for six months, but Renton gets away with a suspended sentence, which I don't understand. He has entered a drug rehabilitation program prior to sentencing. So Spud had done the same. Yes, or maybe Spud had priors. I don't know the deal, but that was enough. Yeah, I Rent- think Spud did have priors. I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, in comes uh, well as are sitting, so we go to the pub, which seems to be where they commiserate and celebrate everything. Was the same pub over and over again. And his parents, uh, the mother kind of looked like a discount Olivia Coleman. She did. But the father was Hamish's father from Braveheart. Uh, Yes. And he's the Lord Commander of a Night's Watch in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, uh, and they're telling him, like, you should be more like Begbie. (laughs) Because Begbie's not on on drugs. No, he's not. He's an alcoholic. He's not on drugs. And so in comes Spud's mother. And Retton gets up and goes. I want to let you know that you know I should have gone down just as much as he should have, and that seems to be enough. I don't and know she- why she
2: came in. I don't know whether she was going to confront them or just to be with them.
0: Maybe she was going to say I'm happy for Mark, but then it gets a little bit too real when she gets close to see them all being so happy. Yeah, reminds her of her loss. I don't know what it was, but then Begbie but gets was she up,
3: just coming in to drown her sorrows.
0: Maybe, and then Begbie gets in and twists the knife a bit and says, course, "It's your it. fault that he's a smackhead." Yeah. And uh to be fair, like Mark's a smackhead. Yeah. And Mark's parents aren't taking this to heart. Like it's, just a, <laughs> no. it's really weird. They're they're like they're like, oh, poor Spuds mother. I'm like, he, he, same accountability, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um and so Renton goes away and can't deal with it and shoots up with an extended metaphor for dinner. Would sir like to know what's on the menu, I'll just be having the intravenous drugs, please. I'll be a waiter for
2: today. Here you go. And
0: then he shoots up, and he sinks into, before he sinks in, though, the extreme shot of the arm and the needle going into it. Is that real? Prosthetic arm. Okay, good. Yeah, prosthetic arm made up with pulsing veins, smack tracks, and small pockets of blood that would appear when the skin was punctured by the needle. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, know I that really was
1: wish a... you'd have told me the timestamps for those as well, because, oh, I don't know. oh boy, I was fully oh. not looking at those scenes. I, don't know,
0: about, I think that's one I can get away with not doing a warning for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no,
1: but it's just very disturbing to... Okay. To- I, d-
0: I was okay I with it. I had
1: just started eating my dinner at this point, and I was like
0: i was okay with it i don't know Maybe was, i will watch a needle
1: go into my own arm to have like blood taken or have an injection or whatever that is fine yeah, but somebody else's on a screen <gasps> no. okay it uh, was like no
3: it was the bit of blood that
0: came out yeah. with it i was like no see, i was totally fine with all of it uh renton sinks into the floor and the the crew built a platform above a trap door and lowered the actor down which would is exactly what I thought would have happened to like insinuate uh, a burial. Yeah. And the rest of the shots of him from his perspective is like a coffin. Yeah. So I guess it's to show how close he is to dying. Yeah. Um, Mother Superior, which is the name of the character, says, I'll call you a taxi. And we think it's the ambulance. No, literally is a taxi.
2: Credit to him, though, to take him out. He could have just
0: left him. <sighs> you don't want him leading back to you. Yeah, true. Um, dumps him on the steps of A&E. And, this is, and he's brought back from the dead to find her needle. And then he's back into his bedroom with trains on the walls. Maybe, maybe this is the train spotting.
2: That's too busy trains. Yeah, yeah, too busy.
0: And then he goes into detox and he sees a bunch of stuff when he goes through withdrawal. They lock him in his room. He sees Diane. Uh, He begs his parents for one more hit Mm -hmm. during this process. He sees Begbie. He sees the baby on the ceiling with the head that does the exorcist kind of spin around thing. He sees Sick Boy again and Sick Boy's like all nice drinking tea and saying, just say no. Thought it was brilliant. (laughs) That was clever. Just Say No, of course, was a famous anti-drug campaign in the 80s made famous by
2: Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Nancy Reagan. He even used it in Grange Hill. Did they? Yeah, and they had a a song out called Just Say No.
0: I remember the the commercial, because I was in England at that time, so I remember that one. You've got a right to say no. That's (laughs) that one. Uh, He sees Spud and Shackles, because, of course, he's in prison, and then he sees – it's really clever. He sees his parents on a TV quiz show, and all the questions are about HIV. Yes, and then we see Tommy at the side, and then we see more questions about HIV, mm-hmm. and we see Tommy, and we're linking these two ideas. It's never said overtly, no. but before we find out, we're given hints yep. that Tommy has become infected, mm-hmm. um, and that's for through sharing needles, isn't it? Yes, I I, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so um, and then he's woken up because told us something he has to do, and I guess it's a, it's, it's 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 an AIDS test because
4: mm-hmm.
0: they went, they take him to the hospital and they whatever. And um, he goes. He's at some bingo place, and everyone's. It's that cool shot where everyone around you, because it's time lapse, is moving fast, and you're totally still in the middle of it. Again, clever. That always. I don't care what film it is. I love that shot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, back to Tommy's house, which is the derelict hole we talked about before. Yep. And Tommy's in the flat. I don't know if you noticed. It said AIDS on one wall and it, plague yeah, across the door in yeah, spray
2: paint. And shit, I think
0: sprayed um, across the windows oh, and was
2: stuff. It? Yeah, thrown.
0: And so Tommy's come a long way from his great outdoors act in act one, and he's got AIDS. We find out Mm -hmm. or at least HIV. And, um, his question then is, he says to Mark, you got any gear on you? And I'm like, Oh, he's such an addict. Yep. And then we have the return of Diane and she wants hash Mm -hmm. and then we cut to them and they're in bed. So I guess they had sex again. Yep. A bit, Definitely harder to forgive him on this one. Yeah. But she's also black. Yep. It's Yeah. I oh, know. Right. It's wrong. It's wrong. But, but they're trying to tell us we have to forgive him. Now, I think this time it's interesting because the first time we see them having sex and then much like Renton, we're surprised to find out how young she is. Yeah. So they almost make us like culprits as well by doing that, by showing us that. Yeah. This time, now that we know that she's underage, they skip it. Yeah. So clever. clever um and again the actress is definitely overage um and so she goes mark you know you're not getting any younger and i'm like twist the knife a little bit will you um and she goes music's changing drugs are changing you got to find something new and i guess new means london because there was a big clock yep yep um and mark's now a letting agent and he says we live in a society. Actually, scratch that. And that is a line from a quote from British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher oh, okay. that we don't live in a society. So very much the opposite of Joker.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who yeah, said yeah,
0: we yeah. live in a society? Yeah. And then Diane writes a letter, and basically this is just a cool way of telling us that Begbie's on the run. Yeah. He's wanted for armed robbery, and that's as we hear that we get ding dong or knock 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 whatever also, it is. Tommy has not been seen. Tommy's. Not been seen for for weeks, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, Begbie invites himself to stay, and he wants cigarettes, and he flicks this pile of cigarettes out, and then we see in a couple of scenes later the pile is massive to so suggest, I guess, he's been there for a while. He's been there a while, yeah, yeah. And um, he's ordering Mark around. I do judge Mark for not just pitching him in. Just call up the police when you're at work one day and say, "Is that my here? He is. Yeah, yeah. Armed robbery. He's going away for years. <laughs> yeah." Jeez. Um, Begbie makes him put a wager down for him and the wager pays off and out they go. And he's so... He's afraid to go out and now I'm he wants good. to go out
2: clubbing. What? Oh, this is the note on. I have.
0: Yeah. So he can't go out for cigarettes but he can go out to drink.
2: Yeah.
0: And we hunt up Begbie. You know, we get, we, we're we inside the kind of car with him and they're sort of like making out. We see the hands moving to locations and he gets between the legs and he sort of re-grabs a couple times and he freaks out because he's with someone who at the very least is cross-dressing yeah. if not a transsexual. Yeah. And freaks right out and interesting doesn't go to that violent place with with the person in the car, which could speak to what we talked about. Carlisle's perception of how he was playing Begbie. Yeah. 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 So interesting. What I don't understand is why he tells Mark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he's so scared that anybody else will fight. He's by himself. Yeah, exactly. So how does he tell Mark? Like if he's, he's like, if you tell anybody and he's like, I will kill you. Like he puts a knife between like where his leg legs are, Yeah, yeah, you know, and the guy's like, well, if you're that worried, why would you tell Mark to begin with? You don't tell Mark, the secret dies with you. I also, Maybe
3: it was to gauge his reaction.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I think the movie needed the movie needed this outburst, yeah. so we had to skip the part where he tells him, which doesn't make sense with the character.
2: And if you look at Hugh Moraga's face when he's up against the wall, you can see him sort of going, ah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, because he finds it, like, Ren finds it funny. Yeah. Not like... Not really ha-ha-ha. I'm just like, okay, it's <laughs> weird. Because he has this whole thing that I think in, you know, a thousand years, there'll be no guys, there'll be no girls, we'll all be wankers.
2: And you've got to think back at the drugs when they were taking drugs. They were all being sexual with each other. And the men were kissing each other. They were, but Begbie's not. No, he's not. Begbie's be- not on it. No, 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 it. Yeah. no, no. Yeah.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe it's why he was never on it. Maybe he was afraid of losing control. Maybe. Yeah, Ooh. so he always stays drunk and he always stays angry. Ew, it runs deep. Re-enter Sick Boy. Um... Who invites himself to stay as well? <laughs> yeah, uh, he sells Mark's television. How do they find him? Maybe his mum knows, and he went to his oh, mum for the address. I man. don't know.
1: It's, it says that Diane gave it to the first guy
0: to Begbie. Yeah, really? I'm sure.
1: How the does end Begbie of the letter- find Diane? I'm sure the end of the letter said something like, "When the doorbell's going off, it said, Sorry, he he begged me' or something like that." No, it's
0: Begbie. No, That's Begbie just his,
2: his name.
1: Oh, I th- I,
0: no he doesn't yeah, know her thought, she says no. that he's on the run that's all she says that he's on the run yeah oh
1: no i th- i that's how i saw this, thought this no he picks it back up they... and it says
0: Begbie because yeah, yeah. it's the start of a sentence yeah and he he stops because it's like if he looks at it it's like he's replaying the tape yeah so yeah um then um he <laughs> mark puts him up in a flat but he hasn't put him up in a flat <laughs> no this is clever and they like attack the rental agent what? and i'm like why are you not in jail now yeah but we go to tommy's funeral and tommy um in dealing with his hiv has just been taking lots of drugs uh, as a result this little kitten he's got has just been crapping all over the house and he gets toxoplasmosia toxoplasmosis. Taxoplas- plas- yeah and this is all from a swap tape <sighs> and Renton doesn't seem to no, be bothered. No, not at all. I mean, this is my issue of Renton That's yeah. my only. It's my really only issue with them. Mm. Um. Then we find <laughs> out. That's the- your only issue with it. <laughs> no, there. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> you see, Georgia, you're looking at this film from today's eyes. We're well, it's because
1: looking- I've watched it today. Lee. Well, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, know,
0: no yeah? I, I don't understand what the difference is. What, what, do, you, what do you want? <laughs>
1: laughing because you said your only issue with this character is that he's not sympathetic at his friend's death, not that everything else has
0: happened. No, 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 no. no, no, Maybe you missed the first part. I said at the start, because you weren't here, my issue is that he doesn't feel remorse for anything he does. No.
1: Well, he doesn't feel remorse for anything at all. No, No, I I
0: literally just said that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I know, but I don't think he does
0: bad things. I think he did one bad thing and it got away from him. Yeah. And every step he could correct it, he doesn't, and it gets worse as a result. So it's understandable, because the audience doesn't turn on Renton. No, no because the, the, yeah, but again, you look, at, the, they're trying to make- I don't think it's different about what year you're looking at this from. I don't think 2020 eyes, you go, I judge this guy. I don't. I think George has got a unique perspective. I don't think it's a 2020 viewing.
2: Well, the, the director want you to forgive him. Yes. So that's why they'd set these things in motion where George is looking at it from, no, I'm not forgiving him, I'm not doing that. Right, but that's a it. Georgia thing. That's not a 2020
0: yeah. thing.
1: Well,
2: uh, I think most people from Georgia's generation would see it that way.
0: Really? Because no, I, I know don't. a
1: lot of people that really enjoy this film.
0: Really? Yeah, no, no, I don't think there's... No, he... I, 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 they wouldn't I really have don't. Made
1: a new, they wouldn't have made a sequel yeah. like three years ago if if it, if that was the case.
0: Okay. I make him a really sympathetic character in that one too. They do? Yeah. Yeah um and so um we get the drug deal and we're really quickly zooming through the third act not just in the review but also in the in the film um they got two kilograms of of heroin they've come into um it's gonna cost them four grand they need two grand to make it happen that two grand happens to come from mark uh mark needs to test the stuff apparently it's good this is why i don't get with begbie okay
2: he's against the drugs yep and yeah, he's okay if he's making money from it, and he's gonna let him take the drugs to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah, he's always barring on about you. You shouldn't take it. You shouldn't do this. You yeah. shouldn't do
0: that. But now money's involved. Let me let me break it down for you. Begbie's a bad person. Yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> but <it> just,
0: <laughs> That's all there is. Oh, um, and so they sell for sixteen grand, and uh, they go. Everybody has four grand. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Mark gets his two grand back first yeah exactly then yeah. And, and whoever else put the money in then you split it four ways yeah yeah, yeah yeah, there's no 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 Mark why does Mark only get 2,000 profit but Spud who didn't put up anything for it gets four grand profit yeah so and I think
3: that Begbie should lose the four grand that he missed out on in the bartering
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, do you steal them so the question is do you steal the money and this is a conversation that Spud has with uh, Renton mm-hmm. while everybody else is off getting stuff and of course then as they're talking about this Begbie beats the crap out of a guy for causing him to spill a bit of his pint
3: mm-hmm. i T- thought they were going to steal it at this point
0: wasn't enough time but i think it it really rushes to the finish here because then you know there's a whole bit about bring me a cigarette i don't he blow smoke in his face that's really kind of neither here or there then we get born slippy by underground starts playing and it's just them one morning yep and we just see mark get up take the bag and leave the room and spud sees he's gone he's like shake his head don't do it he goes i'll see ya off he goes and that's it so
1: it just sort of doesn't shout he doesn't wake anyone else up he doesn't grab him Spud doesn't doesn't want to
0: see him doesn't want to see him get done like he's mark's a good person compared to the other two spud knows that begbie's gonna kill him yeah if he finds out he's taking oh at this point it's it's way too late if you if you wake him up he's dead yeah 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 and so uh, the other characters wait in the corridor while Begbie destroys the hotel room, the flat, whatever it was. I love
2: the, the, the look on their faces. When, right, when the place. coppers show up <laughs> yeah, and they just go, like, ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. take off. <laughs> and we see Mark has got his bag. He's crossing one of the bridges in London, puts some money into a storage locker and leaves it for Spud. Yeah. And gets off, his passport out. Gets his passport out because there was a sick boy wanted to sell his passport. So he locked it up. And off he goes. And then uh, we get the idea that uh, he says, the truth is I'm a bad person, but that's going to change. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing life insurance. I'm choosing the big TV. I'm choosing that, 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 that. Spud gets some of the money. It's and just
3: a repeat of the thing at the front. It's
0: yeah, similar. It yeah. bookends them, doesn't it? It's nice. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. And we see Spud get get a couple grand or whatever it is that's been left for him. We find out exactly how much it is in Train Spotting 2. Yep and that is the film uh, the soundtrack for this uh, we can't argue enough is massive uh, there's three distinct groups of songs here the first is 1970s pop music like Lou Reed and Iggy Pop because mm-hmm. uh, their music was associated heavily with drug use and referred to in the novel the second group is music from the Brit Pop era like Blur and Pulp yep. and the third is techno dance music from the 90s including Underworld, Bedrock and Ice MC hmm and this was done to sort of bring alternative music on par with sort of make rock music and electronic music equal. And that had never really been done before. They did two set albums of soundtracks, and they were two of the best selling albums of of music like ever. Like they were huge. Uh, I have the first one, the one with Lust for Life and yeah, sort of yeah, the yeah. first one they came out with. Um, the first of songs featured in the film, the seconds, those left out of the first soundtrack and were more inspirational. Um, vanity fair ranked this as the seventh best motion picture soundtrack in history. Entertainment weekly ranked it as 17th of all time. Rolling stone ranked it 13th of all time. Uh, and the new music express called it a perfect snapshot of music in 1996. Famously, one Brit pop supergroup was not on the no, album. No, he wasn't. That would be who? Oasis. Oasis. They were asked to contribute, but Noel Gallagher declined as he thought the film would be boring as it was about train spotters. <laughs> How wrong was he? He did later attend the launch party, which Danny Boyle was fine with because it brought a lot of extra attention to the oh, launch. That's cool. <laughs> So uh um, An Underworld Born Slippy was a big, big song back in yeah. the day. And yeah. Total Film has called this the fourth greatest British film of all time. Channel four, who did a part in making the film, of course. I've called it the greatest British film of all time. And that is train spotting. hmm Made for about five million dollars. Roughly is a book. Some estimates say low, some estimates say high. hmm Wanna guess how much this thing made? 250
2: million. 250 million. Yeah, that was huge in the day. I can remember it being so big. Georgia.
3: 60.
0: 60 million and Ellie.
3: 120.
0: Georgia's pretty close, 71 million. Really? I remember seeing posters all over bus
2: stops and everything. Because you know the individual posters of them standing on the front Mm -hmm. cover? They were all individually put different places. I remember seeing it everywhere.
0: Yeah. I made 18 million in Britain. Uh that, that was surprised. about that was about the time it had opened in North America. That surprised me. Then it made another thirty four, I think, in North America. Tw- uh, Twelve million pounds total in the domestic market. Seventy two total internationally. Uh, so all sorts of kind of weird numbers. But based on a cost return ratio, Train Spotting was the most profitable film of nineteen ninety six. What else come out of that year? What did it go up? Against? I said profitable. I didn't say uh, most money made. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What was it?
2: Ninety six. Mission Impossible yeah yeah i'm just thinking what else would have been out at that time what what would have stopped you it's it's more about
0: the percentage so to go so it made like 15 16 times its budget no other film made 15 16 times its budget
4: yeah
0: yeah. so yeah um so it was nominated for one academy award for best adapted screenplay but lost to sling blade (sighs) billy bob thornton okay nominated for two baftas uh it was nominated for Best British Film and Lost, but it did win Best Adapted Screenplay. So... I should got something for cinematography because that was... Phew. Yeah. We're in the endgame now. We are in the endgame now. I think I can guess what Liam's favourite element will be, but we'll, we'll sort of put that away for a moment. Um, Whose story is this? Renton's. Re- Renton's? Yeah. Because yeah. he narrates it. I don't think it's anybody else's no, story. No, no,
3: no, no. Could you make an argument for Tommy?
2: Hmm... <sighs> not for really the ending is it
0: middle end you could argue tommy's got the most drastic arc yes yeah, yeah. he's yeah. the one with
3: like the gravitas of his storyline and it's he, it, he's a, a total affected tragic affected hero tragic. Done.
2: he's the one i feel sorry for the most out of the whole movie yeah yeah it's hard
0: um i haven't done this one in a while swear jar how many times is the c word used <sighs> very unusual Sorry?
1: I counted three, three.
2: I think. Okay. Well, I'm going to say higher than that. I'm going to say 17. 17. And Ellie?
3: I've obviously become desensitized to it in films. Um, I don't know, five?
0: 18. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. Um,
3: Although, to be fair, I couldn't understand what they were saying for yeah, some of yeah, it anyway. so it maybe have half the words I mean, I got so I did give you some <laughs>
0: subtitles. Um, what about the role of women in this film? shit
2: yeah i mean it's not good A mother and a child
0: um the girl i mean it's a story about boys uh the only girls we get is allison who we get the idea of it she's kind of a romantic sexual partner to everybody yeah. in that house and is very much without romance it's just kind of
4: mm-hmm.
0: she's there Mm-hmm. Uh, mothers are shown, are used to show emotion and weakness of the boys, but it's a boys movie. Um, we get the baby girl who dies. Mm-hmm. And we get the other one who entraps Renton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then blackmails him.
3: And then you've got the two girlfriends. Oh, the, two, the, the two
0: girlfriends the... who are not great.
3: No.
0: Yeah, it's not, I, mean, I don't know if the boys come off. At least they have agency, though. They have agency in what they do. Yeah, they do. No. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, guess, I guess, Di- well this film. I, guess Di- I guess. Diane has seen what she does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard Like one. you
2: say, no one really comes across great. No. Uh,
0: favorite character? Um, Begbie. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Only because he is a complete and utter person that I would not like. But I like Robert Carlyle as an actor. And for him to play that part, he must have enjoyed himself. You know, because you can be a complete and utter asshole and and just enjoy it. And some of my favourite scenes are with Begbie. Okay.
0: Georgia? The baby. Okay.
1: Um everyone else pissed me off, and even, not in a good way. Even Spud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um
3: Ellie? I have a very similar answer to Georgia, but I've given my vote to the kitten
0: okay i'm gonna go with either um like Spud, Spud doesn't do anything wrong no he's just surrounded by bad influences um i'm gonna go rent i think because the film tells you i'm supposed to like rent and do anything wrong spud what does spud do wrong
3: <laughs> he takes heroin he sells heroin he has to go to jail for six months like for He done some yet yeah. So he's done. Well, okay, quite well, a few okay, I, I, yeah. If this is
0: the way we're going to judge characters, <laughs> Pulp Fiction is going to be rough and Glorious Bastards is going to be <laughs> yeah, rough. Yeah, like gonna like gonna like, rough. like these are anti-heroes. Yeah. yeah no, yeah,
3: I mean, yeah. I get this. Spud is probably the most likable of the bunch, of but I don't them. find any of them
0: And I respect like Renton for trying to do the right thing at certain points in the film. Mm-hmm. He's the most he's the most nuanced character in the film by far. Yeah. Everybody else is one-dimensional. Begbie's just angry. Always. Sick Boy's just scheming and kind of arrogant. Mm-hmm. Spud's just like innocent, despite all the criminal activity. Like at least, you know, Tommy's just an athlete until he's not. He's chasing sex, and then when he can't get that, he chases other hedonistic pleasures. Mm-hmm. Like at least Renton's got some sort of nuance to him. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with that. Granted, it's the one the film put me beside for the whole the whole journey, so that would make sense um so favorite moment favorite element
2: my favorite moment was the uh, glass scene <laughs> okay. only, be- only because when um that shocked me the first time i ever watched it really shocked me really affected me okay i didn't like it um but that's the scene that stuck with me all these years yep that and the running scene where, okay. where the lust for life and all that and choose life choose big fucking television and all that <laughs> you know um them two scenes are the the when i think of train spawn sticks in my head okay georgia
1: uh, the accent, purely because I like a Scottish accent.
0: Okay. So Braveheart and Train Spotting, <laughs>
1: <laughs> And, brave, and bra- like well, well, Brave's brave. brave.
0: Brave's on the other one.
1: <laughs> Lots of
3: crossover.
0: Uh, Ellie.
3: Um, I liked the cinematography. Um, Amazing. Which isn't something I normally notice in films, so it must have been good. It's
0: hard um, not You must to. have been scraping the bottom of the toilet to yeah, find that yeah. answer. <laughs> it's
2: hard not to, with the camera angles yeah, being on its side and everything, you, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I the my favorite bit of the cinematography was when he goes into the like kind of makeshift grave with the red carpet, the coffin and, thing, mm, and the way yeah. that the the red carpet stays in his vision as he's watching himself being dragged. I thought that was yeah. really clever.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go for it's, it's the opening, isn't it? It's lust for life. It's choose life. It's what it's, it's what you <sighs>
2: think of when you think of
0: trans It is what you think of. It is yeah. the it is when you say transporting that opening sequence of the running the bum 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 um, bum bum. Yeah, I think I just went to. <laughs> one two three team <laughs> <Jet>. <laughs> but regardless you, you know what I mean a lust I lost for did. life yeah. that's like hypnotizing chickens um, so I guess it's that uh, also just the use of licensed music throughout music was fantastic to set an environment it, and it gave a fast pace to the film and it did feel frenetic and uh, it did feel those sorts of powerful like bam bam yeah, bam yeah, bam, yeah. bam so there we go uh, next would be grumble time a grumble Liam
2: um i didn't like the child being uh, uh, i just didn't like it i don't like it now the, like the, the baby the yeah, baby okay the baby I, I don't i don't really want to see it um but they make you they make you feel uncomfortable to see it
0: see i'm gonna argue in defense of this if i may and not in the whole idea where go, you're wrong because let okay. me just present why <sighs> there has to be stakes yeah i know and we have tommy who can sort of be a victim but he's got some agency in his own in his own sort of um, downfall. Yeah. The baby doesn't. Yeah. And there's nothing more crippling. Everybody else, you can kind of lovable. This is some real stakes for the first time ever. If this isn't. This is a baby. And um, it forces the audience to. St- I think we've been along for the ride a little bit of these drug using. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Look at their madcap sort of antics. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha. Oh, look, he's switching the tapes. Ha ha ha. Oh, the good times going to last forever. Dead baby. What? Yeah. And I think it forces the audience to reevaluate these characters in the situation because it's escapism until this point. I'm never going to find myself, knock on wood, in like a derelict heroine house. Am I? No. So for a moment, I get to live sort of a, you know, I'm never going to cook up meth with Walter White, but I enjoy it because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get to sort of vicariously through him yeah, sort of yeah, encounter yeah. this crazy exotic world. So in case I'm getting too carried away with this, it's going, don't forget real, real, real stakes here.
2: And it's not just that scene; it's all the baby scenes. Yep. Uh, because I, I'm thinking of that kid. I'm thinking, you know, you, you got to look after this kid. You got what are you doing? Because I could, I could foresee that happening. Yep. And
0: and if it didn't happen though, I would have had an issue with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the, if the baby's still okay at the end of the movie, I'm going, come, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just not me, that I'm rooting for the baby to die, it, it just, but it's it just from made a story me feel perspective. Comfortable,
2: and I didn't really, I didn't and, like it then. I don't like it now.
0: You no, know, uh, uh, in my just again i think it's the two ways we see movies me going the way you feel is that's exactly what they're going know, for I so I that's know, why i know. think it's great i know i know yeah, yeah, yeah so it's about the experience versus yeah but i, I really could have done without that experience yeah. my
2: grumble was to see, i didn't want to see it yep you know they could have had a flash or oh a i prefer that we
0: saw it. not because oh. i'm not going to say this but because no, 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 it, no. It, 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 it's it impactful does, it is
2: impactful Yeah. yeah
0: because yeah. we don't see tommy die and to be honest with you tommy's death doesn't mean anything to us no and it, that's interesting because if they killed tommy then we see two people dead yeah. But we don't. We leave Tommy off. So the only character we see actually dead is the baby. Yeah. Whoo I know. Alpha. Georgia.
1: Um this is I was promised train spotting and there wasn't any in this
0: film. Yeah, but we promised you a breakfast club and there wasn't any breakfast <laughs> clubs.
1: No, I didn't like that one much either. But though, in Princess
0: I? Bride, you got princesses and you got and brides.
1: brides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is very true. So I mean and Amelie, the character was called Amelie. In, At least indeed. in Batman, he is a dark knight. He I is mean, a dark knight.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, not enough trains for George's liking. No. Uh, I did spot one train. Yeah. There's the one. And, and the wallpaper. And the wallpaper. There's loads of trains on the wallpaper. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> toot toot. Uh,. Thomas the Tank. Can you imagine remixing the opening, of the dump the running thing between do 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 do. do, do. That's, the sure that's the old Thomas the Tank engine.
1: Choo-choo,
2: Thomas.
4: Sure
0: all, <laughs> <laughs> all aboard the drug train.
1: <laughs> Why? Why? is this film called Train Spotting? Is is that a thing? Or
0: I don't know. I'm sure it's out there. So I've, I've had some people give it. Maybe it's in the. Maybe it's in the audience responses. We'll see. I asked that. Okay. I don't know either. Uh, Ellie, your issue with this film. Try your biggest issue with this film.
3: Um. The toilet scene was grim. Oh, okay. Like, as I said, had to hide behind a blanket. It was oh no, did not need that in my life.
0: So, for the record, dirty toilet more offensive than dead baby.
3: <laughs> um, I didn't say more offensive, just more
0: disturbing. I don't,
3: I don't, I don't really want to justify that one. Obviously, I think the dead baby. I know, I, terrible, I, I know,
0: I know. And I feel like
3: whatever answer I give is gonna make me sound like a horrible person. The dead baby affected me more on an emotional level. The toilet. Scene affected me on a like my limbs were going, yeah. it was just meant but
0: to I, be, it was just meant to be a no shut up, Ian. But that's I, all it was meant
2: to be. But again, they're making you trying to feel something like they were with us about the baby, yeah. aren't they? they're trying to make yeah. you feel,
0: Ugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, even with the fly sounds. Ugh. Um, mine is it's got to do with the episodic nature of it, it just ends. Mm. The drug deal happens, and then just grabs a bag and walks out, and that's your movie. Was there supposed to be a sequel? Oh, no, they did one, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but I did it years later. Was there supposed I, to be an I, immediate I, sequel? I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Because that sets it up for a sequel. Oh, I, don't know. I think it's closure. I think he gets away. And that's the thing. He gets away, and we leave him just like the characters leave him. We don't get the C mark anymore. Okay. We're part of that group, and that group is now... He's out, outgrown them, whatever word you want to use. I always felt
2: watching it, it was set up for a sequel, and oh. we never did
0: it. Oh, revenge. later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Um, But my issue is, it just... It just for the time we see him wake up and born slippy starts it's like four minutes and the film's done and they didn't do much to set this up no true and i felt ugh, it could have used it could used 10 more minutes it was it was a quick 90 minutes it could have used 10 more minutes to just give me give me build up some proper stakes besides i woke up i walked around the bed i grabbed the bag and i walked out the door with no real obstacles to overcome besides spud waking up and me going go to bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> So that was mine. Uh, so um, that is that. I think it's time for. I never want to hurt my age. What's
4: my age again? What's my age again?
0: And as always, thank you to Moonlight Social yeah. for our little jingle for the, uh, for the for the age game. So I think uh, we needed
3: that little bit of jolly music. <laughs> a
0: little bit of a, a little bit of a change. Um, so what do we have uh, on the docket for this? Ellie.
3: So we're going to start with Ewan McGregor. So Mark Renton.
0: Hmm. Who I
1: didn't realise was Ewan McGregor until someone (laughs) said it was Ewan McGregor. And I went, oh, that's Ewan McGregor. I had to look at a picture of Ewan McGregor and go, Oh, that is you. He usually has
0: hair. much better hair than this. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, his
1: hair. I was, had actually, zero. Can I changed my grumble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you and McGregor should look pretty he did. I'll give you that.
1: I had zero idea that was you.
0: Okay, so, so he, he looked even worse coming out of the toilet, so, would not he? So you and McGregor. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, yes, you would still on. Still <laughs> on. Oh, uh, I'll go ahead and say twenty-four. I'm saying twenty-three. That was my my
0: thought.
3: Twenty-six, twenty-five. Ooh, oh, nice.
0: okay. There we go. Next
3: um robert carlisle Begbie, oh 37 36 32 35 hey I'm, I'm doing all right today yeah, yeah? um i'm actually going to skip over sick boy spud and tommy because they're all really similar ages to you and mcgregor right. and yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. um, they're 24 26 and 23 respectively uh, yeah um, so we'll sorry was was, was,
0: was was spud the youngest
3: Uh, Tommy was the youngest at twenty three. Wow, was the oldest. He's a
0: man. Wow, he's a he's a he's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. So you said next was Kelly
3: McDonald. I need to.
0: I need to excuse myself on this one.
2: I'm going to say nineteen.
1: I think she's a bit older. Twenty three. She's twenty. Ooh. yeah
0: when, when they found her she was 19 oh, okay. and so the idea was here's 19 and they thought when you put her in a school uniform she can pass for 14 but no one would think so the idea of casting an unknown yeah. is you don't know how old she is so that when that moment happens you're as surprised as he is
2: but not once did I think in the club no of course not do you know what I mean I
0: think, I think, that's, I think that's why we forgive yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's why I forgive you know the movie tells me I should and I'm kind yeah, of quick yeah. to go yeah alright yeah 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 uh, anybody else
3: uh, I have a couple more if you want them mm-hmm Go ahead. Okay, so um Irvine Welsh, who played Mikey Forrester.
0: Who the heck is that? The
3: guy. The guy the like the guy who gives them the drugs.
0: Oh oh, I don't know. Wait, Irvine Welsh oh, wait, is, mother, is, it, is that Superior. the writer? Mother Superior. Yeah. Yes. No. The
3: exactly. the writer is in it.
0: No, not not Mother is it Mother Superior or the guy who stumbles onto the drugs? Those are two different characters. I don't know. Mikey Forrester is not Mother Superior. Oh, okay. This is the guy who's really nervous, wakes up, realizes he's got the drugs from the Russians and needs oh, to unload them. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say
0: 43. 50. 56. 38. Wow. Wow. How young was he when he wrote this? Yeah. Because in the sequel, we find out that Trainspotting um, is, written by, is written by Spud. In the sequel. yes, Yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so I wonder if Spud's based on him. In real oh, life, maybe. I wonder if maybe. That's, I wonder if he had in a situation maybe. like this.
3: Maybe. Yeah, I think. It, I think I saw it was written in 1993, so he would have been 35. Yeah. Okay. When he wrote it, um, and then, just just for a bit of fun, someone a bit older, I went for James Cosmo, who played Mr. Renton.
0: Oh, so he's the dad. He's Hamish's dad in uh, Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old was yeah. he then? I'm gonna say 62. They aged him up in Braveheart. I remember that. I'm gonna say 56.
3: Fifty two.
0: Forty nine. Wow. And Braveheart, they really I, they? I remember him and what's his name? Um, um he was in, in Bruges as well. He played Hay Mission. Ah uh, yeah. Um, uh, um Brendan Brendan Gleason. Yeah. I remember like they weren't that far apart in age actually. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Forty nine. Yeah. You said what, sixty something? I said sixty two. Right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> Sorry, but anybody's best role ever?
3: Um No.
0: You I'm tempted Bremner. to give it to you and McGregor, but I'm not sure. You and I haven't seen you and Bremner or anything else. Hell so sure. Harbor, he was in, wasn't he? Sure. I think it's Robert Carlyle's best role ever.
3: Mm. I know Robert Carlyle from Once Upon a Time, and he's great in that.
0: I think he's better in this than he is in Full Monty. I like in Hamish Macbeth. Didn't see it. <laughs> it's TV series. He's also well, okay. He's also better in this than he is in that James Bond movie. Oh yeah, much better, yeah. much better. Yeah. So I think for me, Robert Carlyle. Yeah, uh, I think I prefer Johnny Lee Miller in Hackers because it's more from to do I quite like him in this uh, um
2: I can't really think of many more oh there's a film called The Escapist I like him in
0: okay yeah such that uh, I don't know you know Kelly McDonald. it's either this or Trainspotting 2 so I prefer her in this but yeah, yeah. Trainspotting 2 she's just there so she can say she was in it yeah yeah of it. Uh, outside of that that's uh, about it obviously I think James Cosmo's better in Braveheart so there we mm-hmm. go uh, george do you have any critics for us
1: i do yeah um i've got peter travers from rolling stone oh, Says, yeah says train spotting is a singular sensation of visu- visionary knockout spiked with insight wild invention and outrageous wit and gave it three and a half out of four
0: one singular sensation we need we need to do the, the running scene to all these different <laughs> all these different songs <laughs>
1: As uh, so Kenneth Turin from the Los Angeles Times says,
0: Never exuberant
1: what? and pitiless, profane yet eloquent, flush with the ability to create laughter out of unspeakable situations. train spotting is a drop-dead look at dead-end lifestyle that has, that has all the strength of its considerable con- contradictions. He gave it 4.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then Roger Ebert gave it 3 Ebes. out of 4. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, strange to the... F- Cult following train spotting is generated in the UK as a book, a play, and a movie. It uses colourful vocabulary, it contains a lot of energy, it elevates its miserable heroes to the status of icons, in their own eyes that is, and does evoke the Edinburgh drug landscape with a conviction that seems born of close observation. But what else does it do? Does it lead anywhere? Say anything? Not really. That's the whole point. Drug use is not linear but circular. You never get anywhere unless you keep returning to the starting point. But if you make, But you make fierce friends along the way. Too bad if they die. <sighs>
0: He's so good. That is <laughs> a beautiful. He's so movie. good. Yeah. I'm a hack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. Thanks a lot, Georgia. Uh, I've got uh, some of our critics here. Paul and Griff say, "Great film. You can't listen to Atomic without thinking about Train Spotting." Only just realized in the last year or so, the title may be due to the fact that when he's trying to go cold turkey in his room, his wallpaper is trains. Begbie steals every scene he's in. He I got tired of his of his shtick by the end. Which I think I'm supposed to that last you scene where to. he goes you, too you far? You I'm want, like, I'm like, him. I'm so tired of this guy. Which I, aligns I got tired me of again his
3: from the first scene he was in. <laughs>
0: Oh, the bit where he throws the pint over is over—that's yeah. uh, all-time classic. Uh, Debbie said, "Loved your Ten Things episode. Great work. Thanks for the shout out. I'm not going to watch Train Spotting. <laughs> oh, okay, but we'll say <laughs> you I told ado- her not to. But yeah. we'll say I adore Hugh McGregor, Robert Carlyle, and Danny Boyle. Great licensed music and amazing Channel Four groundbreaking production. Seems to get a lot of it right despite not seeing it. Yeah, I I agree. Debbie, uh, Ethan says uh, a film that really brought li- light." Sorry, sorry, again. Uh, he says, a film that really brought light to a serious issue I'd never known about in the most serious, entertaining, and gut-wrenching way. Everything with the baby made me sick to my stomach is the main reason why I can't rewatch it without pausing multiple times throughout. Toilet fun. <laughs> someone, <laughs> as someone with a family member who struggled with heroin addiction, it was very powerful to see it depicted in a very truthful way without deviating from the impact of addiction and not villainizing the characters too much. Thanks for that, Ethan. Elwood Jones says it captured the do-it-yourself energy of the Sundance kids while bringing a distinct British feel. Certainly amusing that a film about Glasgow heroin junkies would become such a big part of 90s pop culture from the iconic poster through to soundtrack, not to mention the phrase heroin chic. And finally, Jay, not finally, but also Jay Finlayson says... Uh, great depiction of a situation for the stereotypical lower class of youths in Scotland, portrayed in the comedic style. Everything from mise-en-scene and character direction conveys a message of unemployment, struggle of trying to get through life. Ten out of ten. A uh, hundred things we learned from film podcast says, I saw this at 16 years old with my parents. <laughs> they loved it. I loved it. The scarring from watching a sex scene and drug use with your folks never leaves you, even 25 <laughs> years on. Yeah. It's kind of like when Ethan told us he watched something with, with, with a parent. Bridgerton. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Georgia, Dwayne Smith.
1: Dwayne Smith, he didn't pause the first time, so I didn't do it.
0: <laughs> not, since, not seen this since 1996, but it had a profound effect on me. Born Slippy brings back so many memories, the film manages to be funny, exhilarating, sad, and harrowing all in 93 minutes. Some scenes are imprinted on my retinas. You know what ones. Outstanding cast too. choose life. So, thank you very much to yeah, everybody who you. got a hold of us at Best Film of Pod on the Twitter. Uh, you can also reach us at Best Film of Her Pod on the Instagram or on the Facebook. So, uh, all that's left for us to do now, really, for this week is to go ahead and give our ratings. So, ratings, ratings, ratings. So, what do people give this film today? So, let's start with, I think, the highest of the first three people to go anyway. Liam, <laughs> what are you going to give this film? Uh I'm gonna give this film an eight and a half heroin needles. Oh, I was gonna think in my head, I could do heroin needles. I went, no, that's just way too dark. All right. Yeah. Eight I, and a half heroin needles. Yeah. Unused. Unused. Uh, thrown away. <laughs> thrown away heroin needles. Out of ten. All right. Um any comment behind that or is that Um, I really love
2: the soundtrack. Um I love the cinematography. Um I don't like some of the scenes, but I understand why they do them because they make you want to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm not, I've never been into drugs or anything, so I don't really relate to any
0: of it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be about eight and a half. I've also never been a Jedi, but I have no problem watching <laughs> these films.
2: Yeah, I know, but yeah. it's, it's
0: its not a film I'd normally watch. Right, I, yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's I, not I, a film i Oh yeah, let's watch that. I'm being a bit glib, but I think it's just because it's, it's the reason why I like films like this because I'll never be... Yeah. I'm not into drugs, so therefore for a couple hours I had to go, Oh. And it could be a fly on the wall. But I remember this coming a out a feces covered wall, but a wall. I remember this
2: coming out and my mate being really interested in go to see it. And I was like, I'm not interested. I don't really want to see it. I only saw it later, not at the cinema, but on VHS release.
0: First time I saw it I was with some friends. I was it was, it was like A levels, the equivalent of A levels. Yeah. We called them OACs. I was at a friend's house. We had a couple of films. The first one we threw in, it was late at night, um, was train spotting. And I sort of watched it and kinda of went wow this feels new it feels young it feels not the cinema i've been exposed to not the stuff my, my parents would have watched they watched a lot of big blockbuster stuff this would have mm-hmm. been different so yeah
2: no i hear you're yeah
0: so that i didn't
2: really really want to see it but i stumbled
0: across it and was pleasantly surprised by it okay um i'm sure we'll get the same response from ellie i've been <laughs> pleasantly surprised what do you have ellie
3: i was not pleasantly surprised no i was kind of looking forward to seeing it actually and
0: liam and i discussed and thought you would really like it yeah because it's so dark <laughs>
3: No, it, obviously it's a different kind of dark film that I like, okay. but I finished watching it and just went, meh. Um, just wasn't really a fan. I appreciated the cinematography, I appreciated the acting, but didn't really like the characters, didn't really like the film. So it was okay. I'm, I'm giving it a five and a half.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, I predict we're still not finished our downward slope. No. Let's no. see from <laughs> Georgia. What is it going? What was that beep?
1: My phone. <sighs> <sighs> I didn't have it off. I'm sorry. All
0: right. So here we go. Uh, I'll pitch to your score and then I'll react accordingly. I've, I've already isolated a bit when Ellie's phone died or computer signal died, and mm-hmm. you, I got you saying that the uh, the um, cinematography wasn't 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 bad, but outside of that, everything was kind of blah. So mm-hmm. I'll just react accordingly. All right, and then Georgia, on to your score. What did you give train spotting?
1: Um, so I definitely did not engage well with this film. I think that's probably quite obvious from um, <laughs> from the review. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um I wanted to give this film a zero. I really did. Um but A zero. A zero, Ooh. yeah. I really didn't really didn't like Ooh. it. Really wasn't engaged with it, really struggled with it. Um, not to the point that like it made me feel something either. Though particularly, it was just a very numb experience for me. Um, I can, however, appreciate the cinematography. Um, you guys have kind of spoken me back into that. I did like the coffin scene. I did like the um into the toilet thing. It was completely grotesque, but some of the camera angles when the poo was flying around <laughs> were quite impressive. <laughs> um, and. So for that, I'm going to give it two.
0: Two. Worse <laughs> actually, than Rocky. Actually, you know what? If there's, if there's poo flying around, I think a two. There's number two it's, in the toilet. A there's a number two, a number two yeah. on the sheets. That's, that's, that's our lowest ranking any of us have given any movie.
1: Yeah, well, wow. I'm going to give it is a three, and that was Rocky, I no, believe, yeah, and no. I would rather watch Rocky than this. Okay,
0: yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's an emotional, I mean, movies are are weird like that, I know, I know we've all got emotional responses to our films, I mean.
1: Mine are quite strong, usually, the, unfortunately, the great, for a rating system.
0: <laughs> the, the great The great Princess Bride fight continues with, you know, <laughs> not understanding, and we've all got those movies, and we go, how can you not like this? Yeah. And um, I think that's why we have four different people around the tables, to talk about things, Things like this. Yeah. Um, occasionally, we wear our hearts on our sleeves a little bit, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sitting there going, I don't, I, I don't understand, but no. I, but 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 that's okay because if we did, then it would be a really boring podcast because we'd all come yeah. out with the same thing. Uh,
1: equally, I don't understand. How it's enjoyable, so I'm kind of just going okay. What is that, 97
0: (laughs) percent or 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, come on, but you are you might be the minority, but but your vote. So it is a two. It is a two. So I think that's going to put Train Spotting at the of the list of all the films we have done this i would
1: say i'm sorry but i would rather watch batman than this and that is saying something
0: yeah i guess for you that really is the definition of it every film we've done to this point you would rather watch than this just really quickly really quickly bill and ted face the music or train spotting
1: bill and ted face the music
0: okay wow. at
1: least it was laughably bad Uh, like i could enjoy that on a different level this Uh.
0: I'm I did not really, have a good reaction. To I'm it. really curious, and I don't want you to sidestep it when we do it. I'm really curious how you feel about Pulp Fiction. Now, it's not as, it's not mm-hmm. as um, gritty, it's not as no, hard. I've seen
1: little bits of Pulp Fiction because I actually did a tap dance to okay. the main song once. Which Pulp, Pulp new, yeah. Fiction is glossier. Yeah.
0: It's glossier, it's stylized. This isn't. St- I've
1: seen parodies of st- yeah. Pulp Fiction and different
0: things. Yeah. Pulp will work out. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, not really. Not really. I think this is one of the. One of the grittier, harder ones that we'll watch. So anyway, so that is that. Uh Now, all what's left, for, I guess, is for me give my rating. Uh, I was coming in here thinking I was going to go a lot higher than maybe I ended up doing in the end. I thought I was going to go, I, I was going to go like nine, nine and a half. Same, I did. And as it got towards the end and I went, you didn't really bother much to think about it ending. You just kind of had him walk out. It's a shame because I felt we had kind of a... <sighs> a journey that we went on with this character and it was just abruptly ended. And he walks out on us, almost like he walks out on them <laughs> and not in a good way, not in a way that I felt rewarded for this. But again, I'm like the ending should have had some sort of not stakes because beg be stakes, but I guess tension developed. There was no tension. Yeah. He woke up, yeah, he woke up, place. he went yoink and see ya. And so I'm going to go with eight and a half magical toilets <laughs> out of 10, eight and a half magical toilets out of ten. Um definitely a film that divided uh opinion.
3: <laughs> oh yes. Definitely um divided,
0: yeah. if you wanted a podcast where we all just agree all the time, you're definitely not getting that on this one. So that's uh someone there I believe
3: it was in our um our review detailed review from I've forgotten her name, but the potato lady. Yes. Potato Pod lady?
0: Potato Lady Pod reviews, yes.
3: That's the one. Didn't she say that we give a diverse range of opinions? <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah we definitely do that so um such is so all that's left for us to do is talk about what we're doing next week now uh next episode we're doing knives out yeah, knives yeah. out Now ellie you weren't able to join us for that one but uh right. we had ethan join us and we, we did, did knives out and had a good time with that one so yeah. that's dropping uh oh that's dropping friday Oh, I don't know when the thing with Ellie's dropped. Well, that's, it's already dropped. Well, I forget. What's going on? We've got so much going on. But, right <laughs> I think the thing with Ellie's dropping the next week. Yeah, I think Nimes Out's dropping first. My bad. This uh, is what
3: happens when you record so much stuff. In advance.
0: I think, yeah, Yeah. And so the following week, it may be divisive again, uh, but it is an Academy Award winner for Best Picture. Yeah. It's an Academy Award winner for Best Actor. Okay. It's an Academy Award winner for Best Actress. It puts the lotion on itself. Buffalo Bill. Oh. Hello, Clarice. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. Interesting. Is a horror film? It's not a horror film. It's just, it's just a thriller. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. It's
0: a thriller. No. It, there's, there's far more psychological tension than there is actual stuff occurring. Oh, no. What? Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't do well with psychological well, I, tension. I, I would
0: argue it's it's the vein of... Go- I think Gone Girl builds on the um, legacy left behind by Silence of a Lambs.
2: Okay. Anthony
0: Hopkins is fantastic. Jodie Foster is fantastic. Yeah, both. And fantastic. the fact that Buffalo Bill is also fantastic.
2: Yeah, I found out he was in something else the other day. What was he in?
0: Dunno. Oh, well, we'll find out. <laughs> so, uh, definitely from one, uh, maybe... Um, challenging film too. i don't think the next one's as ch- i wouldn't think about doing like a, a a disclaimer on it so such is so that is what we will be doing next week also please make sure to catch uh to catch us with um knives out which will be dropping on friday Grey's anatomy whenever we put that up there clear for takeoff probably a week friday And then On a uh, A
3: Friday On a Friday And please
0: also don't forget We're dropping that interview We're doing with the production team From After 82 Mm -hmm. Which we're recording In about I don't know An hour and 17 minutes 18 minutes Yeah I'm still very nervous Yeah me too So That is that So For Best film ever I've been I've been Liam I've been Ellie And I've been Georgia And two words to take us out of here today Choose life We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop.